No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Uh, welcome to what has become an annual tradition here on Banal of America, uh, our year-in-review special with my good buddy Greg Bishop. Uh, this is actually our 14th year doing this, um, and we did a lot of reflecting last year because it was the start of a new decade and did sort of a decade-in-review, and um, as I was saying to Greg before we started the show, I was expressing sort of this combination of hope and angst uh, as 2020 began. Um, and as all of you know, 2020 was uh, quite quite the year, a year unlike any other that uh, I think any of us have experienced, hopefully one uh, which we will not uh, really have to deal too much with uh, in a similar fashion. Again, I'll, we'll sort of get into this as we go along, but I think 2021 is going to be a lot like 2020. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, welcome Greg to the show. Welcome to uh, welcome back to the year in review, brother. Hello, fourteen years. That's insane. I know, I know. I I can't um, believe it's been that that many years. What the hell did we find to talk about in fourteen years? <laughs> you gotta go back. We did it at the end of last year's episode. We went through all the fucking ones. That, that, uh, there were very a lot of uneventful years, unlike uh, this year. So. Um, but what I was thinking about is, yeah, I know. And last year on the year in review, um, like I said, we were, uh, there was this air of hopefulness. We kind of laughed about it on the on the Radio Mysterio Facebook page today, because uh, we we were kind of reflecting last year on how there was this sense of sort of this fresh new beginning, and I felt it too. Um, but especially like with young people, we kind of had a laugh at like young people's expense because it was like, oh, you didn't live through, you didn't live through the new millennium, so you don't. This is your, this is your new millennium. This is your. Um, now, you, now you get a little taste of what it was like to live through the new millennium and everything. Um, well, it turned out that like little did they and us and we know. That essentially, we just lived through essentially what would I would call like the fucking nine eleven of years. Um, that that's kind of the best way I would describe twenty twenty. Even to the point where it's like, it's like oh ha ha you young people you didn't get to experience what it was like going through the the new millennium and in turn probably you didn't really experience nine eleven. Well, it's like well this fucking year 
like ground up 9-11 and turn it into fucking dust pretty much because uh you know like all the horrific tragedy of 9-11 where 3,000 people died um in one day and the whole country fucking was like shell-shocked and stunned yeah that's just fucking every day now um that's just every fucking day people are dying by the thousands um just just uh just a fucking horrific grim just just uh just you know an unfathomable fucking year just an absolutely uh an unimaginable year um you know i mean i'm sure a lot of people have their own sort of personal highlights and personal triumphs and things like that but i think it's safe to say overall fucking you know in the grand scheme of history and humanity and everything this was just a really fucking awful awful year um you know uh your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, My year did not start out well. It got worse. Then I got to go to Mexico to visit um, Red Pill Junkie. I came back, and the world went nuts. I couldn't even get back over the border at the same border crossing I went into because they closed it in the week that I was gone. This was the beginning of March. I get into I get into L.A. as I, after I come back from the border because I flew into T- Tijuana because um, the flight. Here's a hint, everybody: if you ever go to Mexico, if you can do it, fly out of Tijuana. It's like it's like half the price um, if you can get there. Um, but yeah, I came back and when I got to Los Angeles, it suddenly went into it had gone into lockdown. It went into lockdown the day after I got back, which was crazy and then i don't think people knew exactly what we were dealing with until you know till maybe a month or two they might not even know now um yeah what what really makes me crazy is when people say oh people just you know that it, it's like the flu it's like it is not like the damn flu people don't i mean it's not transmissible like the flu it doesn't cause neurological damage like the flu it's not there's so many differences and I don't know why people say, oh, there's you know, hundreds of thousands of people die from the flu every year. It's like, yes, but we expect it, and we can control it. It's not like everybody and their brother um, is in danger of losing their life if they get the flu. So that's, yeah. that's, that's you know, besides the myriad of other things that have gone on with this and how politicized it's become, the um, just, the, just the nature of, I mean, people... I've never realized till now just the, the the extent of people's ability to deny stuff that's staring yeah. them in the face really surprised me. I mean, you think, oh, you know, if it really gets bad, people kind of, you know, they'll pull together and they'll buck up and we'll get you. No, it just becomes politicized and people don't believe things just for the sake of not believing them, even when their lives are at stake. That's the insane thing to me. Yeah, it was – I sort of put, like, a mental hard cap of, like, maybe the first half hour we'll talk about the pandemic because we could do a whole show on it because uh, that was the thing. of That was the story of the year. That was the all-encompassing um, fucking that, – that was 2020. Uh, you know, things started out okay for the first couple of months, and then it was just like all that, – that's all that mattered after that was the pandemic. It was – as I yep. said, if 2020 was like the 9-11 of years. It was like this transformative fucking um, experience, 
that that it, uh, instead of all happening in one day, it's been unfolding like since uh, you know March or so, and it's still unfolding. And and it's and, and that feeling. I don't know if people remember it, those who lived through it, of like 9-11, for like the first couple of days, you were kind of like, it's kind of like when someone, like a loved one dies or something, you're like in this constant state of living in the now. Um, yeah. You're just kind of experiencing in the now. And that's like been a lot of what this fucking year has been like. Um, I mean, even today, it, here we are at the beginning of, uh, of January 2021, it's like you can't even really plan anything beyond like a couple of weeks. Like, no one even knows the, – the future is so incredibly uncertain. Um, at least yeah. now there's hope that by the summer things will start to be getting back to normal. But who the fuck knows? You really – like, if, if, if anything, like you were saying about people's ability to deny reality, this year really was sort of a wake-up – I feel like it was a wake-up call on so many levels for a lot of people. Um Beyond, like, it, 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 it was all this social unrest, of course, uh, in the summertime. It was just, I, a couple of years ago, I warned that 2019 was going to be the year of reckoning. I was wrong about that. Fucking 2020 was the year of reckoning. It was like where all of the fucking, all of the fail-safes fucking broke. All of the systemic problems that we've just kind of managed to get by, um, you know, doing our best to ignore or barely... Uh, address yeah, just completely on, fucking on the, collapsed. Yeah. Yeah, everything everything collapsed at the same time. The, on, the only bright spot in this is a, a lot of things change, which we can talk about. I mean, <laughs> I think in the list you sent me, or at least the list I was looking at, um, the I don't know if I can point to anything good about what was going on is the what within a couple of months of quarantines, like in Italy, the water was clear in, in Venice, and people were seeing like sea life there, and air was clear around the world because nobody was driving anywhere, and animals yeah. started walking down the middle of city streets and things like that. So that part I thought was kind of intriguing, and and there were people were able to do scientists were able to do research about what the you know what our impact might be on the environment because we weren't having one. They, even seismologists were saying that um, earthquake uh, uh, detection or at least ground tremor detection was a lot easier because it wasn't this constant, you know, hammering and traffic and large trucks and construction and all that. All that stopped. Yeah. So everything went quiet for a while. I mean, I noticed that, too. I, I, I think a lot of people noticed the first few months here in Los Angeles, there was no traffic. I had to go see my parents because I'm taking care of them. And I, I would go down to San Diego I'd get there in less, you know, I'd get there an hour and 45 minutes. It usually takes me two, two and a half hours. So that, yeah, it was that a, part was kind of crazy. And also people, they've also opened up streets. I think they've done this in a lot of cities um, to, to mainly or only pedestrian traffic. And I, I use those streets around L.A. now because there's not, you know, I can go out on my electric board or, or go for a walk or whatever and not have to worry about cars zipping down the street. And everybody's out doing with masks on to be sure, but they're out doing something. They're out they're out uh, walking around the neighborhood on these on these blocked off streets or mostly blocked off streets. Yeah, yeah. Well it certainly there were upsides to the um you know, there were upsides to the whole thing. It, I, I guess like uh you have to look for a silver a silver lining on this sort of thing, you know, where like I said over the course yeah. of the show this past, last year 
where it was like, look, like you you got to you. And I even said this like at the turn of the year a few days ago, where it's like you got to you got to fucking take the lessons we learned this year and apply them to yourself going okay, forward. And hopefully, are. you'll be in a better place. Yeah, and and like you were saying, like yeah. in. In India, they could see the Himalayas for the first time in 30 years because all the smog was gone. It's like that was an in, that's an interesting, you know, that should be like that should be a wake up call. It's like oh maybe we, maybe we don't need all this fucking stuff that's causing all the smog or whatever. You know, you hope that, uh, you know, we don't even know. They talk about oh it's like we we don't even know what this new the new normal is going to be. So it's like you hope that we do. all these people are like, we just want to go back to where it was in 2019. It's like we're never going back to 2019, it's dude. not. Look, we're not. Like yeah. it, it, this is like 9-11. This is like the 9-11 thing. It's like everything has fucking changed forever. And what's yeah, crazy um, is in a sense it should like – it should be almost like a wake-up call in a lot of ways too. Like I said, it is kind of the reckoning where everything collapsed where it's like – this should be a lesson for us in a way to for everybody that shit can completely your world can be completely upended within, you know, a blink of an eye. Like that's how mm-hmm. like live for today, all that shit. It's like if you didn't kind of yeah. pick up that that message from 2020, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you need to convince you that that life is fleeting, man. Yeah, that and people realize that they don't have to go drive to work anymore because companies have reconfigured and their their you know business real estate's probably already taken a huge nosedive and it will continue to because companies realize that they don't have to actually have people in an office all the time, so they don't need all this office space. Yeah. So I you know I, that's bad for the real estate in our market, but it's good for you know people wasting time in traffic. Um, pollution, all that stuff. So, you know, I, I think you've noticed in the last ten minutes, I've been trying. I've been trying to look at the bright side of all this crap. <laughs> no, no, for sure. There are a lot of like, yeah, there are a lot of incremental little changes that, um, kind of like as Bruce Rux was saying on the Thanksgiving show, where it's like shit that, like, it's like the expression I see from people who work in like office jobs, where they're like, oh, this meeting could have been done by email. That's kind of like, yeah. you know, that like how all along it was like, you, you know, why are we going to this meeting? We do it by email. Well, that's just the way it is. It's like, well, this happened, and all the little shit that they didn't want to change, they all of a sudden could change overnight. Where it's like, oh, wait a minute. You mean now I can watch a movie at home that should be in the theaters? Like, fuck, fuck. Why, why hasn't it always been this way? This is awesome. So uh, yeah. the fact that it took a fucking shitty pandemic to do that is, is – uh, I guess that's just indicative of the of the powers that be. Um, but more kind of in keeping with the topic of Banal of America, Radio Mysterioso, the topic uh, Red Pill Junkies in the chat he mentioned, and uh, I've been pretty adamant about this, uh, talking about it on the show over the summer and everything. Um, to me, this pandemic, like at least for Western civilization, let's say, because I can't speak to like how some of these other – like like the A- Asia – seem to have handled the fucking pandemic, like, amazingly well. Like, kudos to them. They're pretty much Eurasia, no, really. Built, like, it's built, it's built into their culture. It's built into the culture to be, to care about other people and to consider other people and to, I mean, especially in wear masks. China, Japan, and Korea. Yeah, when people are sick, they wear masks. It was no different for them. Right. 
Um, so I think that um, I think that that that's one of the main reasons why they did so well is because people are just kind of like, okay, well, this sucks, and we have to all, you know, whatever the best policy is, let's follow it, and you know, and we'll change as it changes. And people here, it's like, what? Well, see, they change what they're saying, so it's it's made up. It's like, no, they're discovering new things. That's how science works, you moron. Exactly. <laughs> well, the the overarching point I was uh, I want to make is that. Like Western civilization, this to me, I, 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 I look at. I'm for UFO disclosure. I want to know what the hell this is all about. So don't get me wrong, folks. But I've always been cynical about it, you know, or I have been in recent years. I was less so when I started on all this stuff. Um, but to me, the pandemic fucking constituted like we failed the, the disclosure test. Like if this was the, if this was the disclosure test, like a fucking alien thing came here, changed life as we know it. And and people cannot – it just politicized everything. People split into fucking factions. Um, there was this, 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 this disinformation left and right. The you know truth is fucking hard to even – it's hard to find any agreeable truth between – that everybody generally agrees upon other than like – I wouldn't even say that, that the pandemic is a terrible thing because there are people that don't even fucking believe it's real. So to me, it's like – to the UFO people, it's like you want them to fucking tell us that we that there's aliens. Like they people won't even wear a fucking mask, dude. Like how can you even? How can it's not palatable to this the, the mindset of society in 2020 or even in apparently not it wasn't in 2019 going into this thing. This was the test. This was the test. We failed the fucking test because the people can't even handle a fucking pandemic, and you're gonna tell them there's fucking aliens? No, no way. No way. I'd put that fucking thing back in the DOD file cabinet for, like, another generation. Let's, let's try again in 2030 and see if people can handle it then. Um, because to me, it's like they, they just don't even, you know, they don't trust science. How the, okay, what? They're going to come out and go, oh, yeah, there's aliens. They don't trust the scientists about the virus. They're not going to trust the fucking scientists about aliens either. Yep. So they'll trust them about the aliens if it agrees with their preconceptions. Right. That's the whole thing about a lot of people. If it agrees my, with my preconceptions, it's right. If it doesn't, it's a conspiracy, it's wrong, or it's fake, fake news. That's just how right. everybody operates. Not everybody. That's how a lot of people operate now. And the, the UFO thing, and I've said it on my show last time I did one. Hey, everybody, I will be doing shows this year. Um, I said it on my show many times. Disclosure is not going to be disclosure of what you think it is. The minute you hear something that com- that uh, uh, flatters your pre- prejudices and preconceptions about whatever this is, it's probably fake. It's just des- fake. There we go. It's probably designed to ma- get you to pay attention to something rather than to disclose anything. Um, I'm almost sure of that, that it's not what we think it is. And it's not what – there's nothing to disclose because we – there's – it can't be understood in a way where somebody could say, okay, this is what's happening. They can't. It's way too weird to be announced. Right. Because and so you think, it would yeah. say, this, this deals with stuff that we don't even know how to control yet. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know what the, you know, how to, how to, we don't know what to do about it. it. We don't know what to do about it, which is, you know, me, right. I, you know, it wasn't my idea. A lot of people have been saying this, but I, you know, that's the one I'm close, most closely aligned with. There, there can't be any disclosure of anything because there's nothing to hook onto to disclose, except that right. maybe there's a lot more 
there's a lot more data the government has about sightings and about, you know, who knows, crashes, whatever you want, whatever it is, physical evidence. There's a lot more data there, but they can't make head or tail of it. So what's there to disclose? So the minute you hear somebody say, um, you know, that, that, you know, that the government's opening up, it's going to be what we expect. It's like, no, it's not. The, the very fact is it's what you expect means it's, it's likely not true. Right. So you can apply all of the same sort of uncertainties of the virus to the alien, you know, other UFO phenomenon thing. You can kind of see that this doesn't okay. seem like a tenable scenario. Uh, if, yeah, well, and, you can't and, you know, understand how a virus works, let alone right. how, how the Like if the pandemic happened and everybody fell in the line and they were all like, all right, like like in Asia and in uh, the Eurasia, like Australia, New Zealand, they got it right. Um, you know, if everybody fell in line like that, it would be like, oh, shit. Well, okay, we can handle this UFO thing. Look, look at how we fucking dealt with the pandemic. But no, dude, the pandemic has been a fucking disaster of biblical proportions in America, at least, and in Europe for the most part. So, like, like I don't even, you know, right now I don't even give a fuck about the aliens. I just want to get through the pandemic first. So, so if we, yeah. maybe after we I get want, through that, that's the only yeah. saving grace to this critique of the, of the human yeah. race, just, is that maybe like the after election, this... I I would rather not read about politics every day, and I'd rather not read about a pandemic every day. That's what I wish for. Right. <laughs> and and we won't and go like back if to normal, saving... and there will be more pandemics, and there will be coronavirus forever, yeah. but hopefully we get a handle on it and the vaccines work in a wide spectrum, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If there's any like saving grace to this is that maybe, and and I guess for the UFO fans you can hang your hat on this uh you know maybe maybe fucking this entire experience which is undoubtedly going to stretch well into this year and probably you know next year and so like i'm hoping that by the time we 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 do the 2021 year review we'll be able to sort of declare tepid victory over the fucking pandemic um maybe like society if they have any fucking brains, will have adapted and sort of will have built that scar tissue where it's like, okay, now we can maybe handle this alien thing or whatever. You know, whether or not that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But like I said, if you if UFO fans want to hang their hope on something, you know, frame it that way. That maybe we'll have learned our lesson. Personally, I don't. I think I think people are too concerned with just getting back to the way things were. That uh, it'll be interesting to see who who really. Uh, internalizes the lessons of the last year, but that was uh, no, yeah. That's really what I think. Anybody, I would suspect. No, no, because you, you almost want to put it behind you. Um, I've been predicting on the show. You know, I'll probably get a little more into this at the uh, end of tonight's show. But I, yeah, I've been of the opinion that like um, around this time next year, I hope once the vaccines have kind of been uh you know once they hopefully can take hold and everything that i think we're going to see another roaring 20s um which apparently is what caused the roaring 20s the original roaring 20s it was like the 1918 pandemic happened then like they got over it after a couple of years and then everybody went fucking bonkers like of course that ended with a depression and a world war but we'll worry about that in fucking 
2030. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think that we'll see, hopefully, a fucking just a decade of people going absolutely fucking balls out bonkers and celebrating mm-hmm. and just sort of be in this, you know, I don't like, it's kind of funny. You're saying you're, you're looking on the bright side of things. That's kind of where I am looking ahead. Cause I know other people that are like, no, there's going to be a fucking depression and this, that, and the other, and the government, this is all about the government taking control over us. And it's like, the government can't do shit, dude. They can't even get us the fucking vaccines. <laughs> like, like, look it, I don't want to hear this shit about how they all oh, the government, oh, this is all planned by the government. If this is a fucking plan by the government, then why the fuck can't I go get a vaccine, dude? You know? Why are they being, why are they being wasted? They have more vaccines than they can give to people because they don't know how to fucking distribute them right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sorry to go on a rant, but it's like the old, oh, they're going to take our guns away. It's like... <laughs> You've been saying that since I was five years old. I'm fucking 40 now. When are they going to come and take the guns away? It's not happening. <laughs> so if you think the government, if you think of this vaccine is some grand fucking conspiracy, well, they're doing a real shit job of fucking getting us, getting those, getting those microchips into us. So give me the fucking microchip. I'm in. I want it. Let's go. <laughs> enough's enough. I don't know about you, but I will take the I will take the vaccine. I don't really care. I'm not one of these like like uh, you know, I, I, I wanna be a part of society. So I think I think oh, you're yeah, not gonna I be able to be too. a part of society if you don't do you it. Know, and a lot of people have said this. There's a built in there's a built in fudge and fear factor on it because people our age aren't gonna get any for like probably the summer or something. And yeah, yeah. if that's the case, they'll be a hundred million people already with the vaccine, you start to see, you know, what's going on. And, and it, uh, even my sister who works in, in, uh, well, she calls it medium pharma. It's not, it's not a big pharma, pharmacy, pharmacological company, but it's fairly good one, a fairly big one. Um, medium pharma uh, says, and she's, you know, she has a degree in chemical engineering and one in business MBA and all this. And she said, I'd actually wait a couple of months because this went through way faster than it normally does. And a lot of people say the same thing. I, I've heard even mo- most reasonable people will say that. The, the thing is, if, if somebody said you right now said you take it or you're never going to get it again, I'd say, sure, fine, stick it in my arm. But right. the fact that I've got the luxury, quote unquote, of having to wait for a few months just to see, you know, who knows what's going to happen in years because of the RNA uh, um, uh, uh it's a, it's based on RNA uh, reco- uh, uh, manipulation. Recombinant RNA. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a virus, uh, not not a you know a weakened or deadened form of the virus, which is another thing that's kind of weird and upsetting and and frustrating. People say you can get here. How do you know we can't get coronavirus from it? You can't because there's no virus in the in the vaccine. <laughs> right. Other no, they just like yeah. That. That we don't know about yet, but, you know, like I said, you get 60, 80, 100 million people vaccinated, little trends will start to show. The other thing I, that annoys me is people say, did you hear that one person got really sick? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of 300,000 people, come on, you, get, you, you got a better chance, you know, you got a, actually, you got a better chance with that virus with, 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 the, uh, with the vaccine than you have driving your car. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. It's interesting in a way. The 
pandemic, one of the other sort of interesting sidelights that came of this is like, um, and again, it's like all this shit we could not have ever seen coming this time last year. Like everything that we're talking about that happened this year, nobody really could have foreseen. I mean, some people yeah. certainly were like, oh, there's a, you know, there could be a pandemic some year soon or whatever. But like all the actual small and, and big societal things that came about from this were, I'm sure, hard to predict unless you're some kind of expert. Um, but it's like for all these years, the anti-vax conspiracy uh, scene was just sort of this annoying nuisance sidelight thing. You know, it was almost yeah. it was almost like equivalent to like flat earth. It was like that peripheral um, where it was like, oh, those anti-vax people. Oh, what, what are they up to now? But it was never really had it never really had any any impact on my life or anything like that. And now it's like all of a sudden yeah. this has come rushing to the front of the of the line of of esoteric sort of realms. It's uh, uh, and much like 9-11 gave birth to all these conspiracy theories. Well, this has now spawned all these fucking crazy conspiracy theories. It's it's really it's it, it's been quite the education in how not like I, I mean we saw it with 9/11. So I always kind of look back on that where it was like here's we got a chance to see the birth of a conspiracy theory. And again, if if 2020 was the 9/11 of years, so we got to see the slow well the very fast really at first and then sort of <laughs> So this sort of evolution of a fucking conspiracy theory in real time to the point where it was like, you know, plan like the shit about pandemics and fucking all, you know, this is all set up and, every, oh, God, everything. It's like, oh, of course, because in uncertainty, people need to fill that uncertainty with some kind of, like, narrative that that they can – and an enemy. So yeah, it makes perfect sense not, to me. Yeah, I'm not – I sympathize with the, with the conspiracy side of it, one, because I've been looking at that stuff and, and uh, being a uh, part of people that are researching it, and our conspiracy researchers are since the 90s. So I understand it. I understand why people don't trust authority, because authority has lied to them for so long. But what really what pisses me off is it goes way in the other direction where, like I said, anything you don't agree with is, is fake. That's that's just insane. That's that's a recipe. Yeah. That's a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster, as we've seen. Yeah, and the trouble. So you have been to you have to be you have to be a little God. uncomfortable every once in a while with something that you don't agree with, just to face a fact, and that is something we've lost in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, the interesting and and odd part about all this, and surprising thing too, is like we. I mean, you you were into this like in the '90s, and I got into it like a, the early turn of the century. So like, we've been watching this kind of unfold for 20, 30 years. Um, but that was always like the fringe. Now it's like fucking mainstream. Um, you know, where people I know, like people I went to like high school with, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they became transformed into fucking pandemic conspiracy theorists. Where it's like, what the fuck? This is like wasn't like 9/11, where it was like if you said that 9/11 was an inside job. Like, in the first couple of years after 9-11, you were, like, practically a fucking enemy of the state. It was that serious. Like, you were, you couldn't even say that out loud. Um, people would fucking, uh -huh. like, that was, like, fucking verboten. Um, but with, within, like, a few weeks of this pandemic taking over life as we know it, 
uh, the people being like, this is all bullshit. Like, there were a lot of them, and they were very fucking loud. Um, so it just goes to show you that, like, we live in a conspiracy fucking culture now where everybody's a fucking conspiracy theorist. It's There's no shared reality, man. There's no shared reality. It's really kind of fucking scary. Yeah, and you would without think that, that shared reality, we can't, we can't, that, but. Yeah, we can't agree on anything. And that the um, the wedge that's come in between different parts of the country, it's just, it's, I've never seen it so bad. I don't, I don't know why people don't, people think that somebody that friends have known for years is suddenly an enemy because of their political yeah. beliefs, which is dangerous. You see what happens in the, in the course of history when that happens. It's not. It's not yeah. good. I mean, hopefully, democracy has enough has enough um, um, rubber, uh, you know, bumpers on it, rubber bumpers on it to keep it from completely crashing. But you know, we we won't know. There's there's no way to know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. At, you know, next week after the Senate, and then after the inauguration, and it's you know, the the guy that that blew up the the um, telephone exchange in in Kentucky there, I. I was so scared he was a domestic terrorist, either was or painted to be a lone nut. But still, he, I guess he was all into, like, the reptilian thing and all that. Yeah, he was and a I, lone I don't nut, know. I, but, guess he, yeah. I guess he blew up the exchange because of partially because of the 5G thing, which I sort of kind of have my doubts about because, I've, you know, I've seen articles in Scientific American going, hey, we're kind of doing this a little too quickly. I don't think it's the end of the world. But I think there's there's there may be slight reason to like uh, did we take this too quickly? Um, not that it's you know going to turn everybody into mind controlled um, robots, which they kind of are anyway. Um, but that it maybe the health uh, issues around it have not been completely uh, uh, explored, explored or before, whatever uh, before we went ahead with uh, putting putting them up everywhere. And I you know I hear all kinds of things that uh, you know it's safe, it's not safe. It, but, you know, this, uh, an article in Scientific American from uh, middle of last year or late last year actually said, yeah, we haven't really taken a lot of time. And I don't think Scientific, Scientific American is composed of conspiracy theorists. So no, no, no. But when, that's kind of like in keeping with something like that. I, 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 I don't panic, but I have some questions. It's in keeping, though, with the human condition, in a sense, where it's like we we kind of like just plunge headlong into this shit without even really, um, you know, there are people along the way who raise issues about the possible consequences, but they're drowned out in the name of, like, progress or defense, you know, where it's like, like, like we just made a nuclear bomb. We didn't even fucking think about, like, oh, shit, what if then, what if, like, everybody gets these? It's like, no, 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 we just need to fucking make one. We just need to make one. Just don't even, we'll worry about that. And, you know, you see that with, like, genetic alterations and well, and cloning and shit like thought, that. thought they could keep it away from other countries for a long time, but the Soviets were actually in the Manhattan Project sending plans back as it was being developed. So that went by the wayside. Right, but they right. Well, you know, it's, when they got, yeah. when they got their, their Germans, their papers of scientists over, they probably would have found they would have found out eventually, and even without those spies at at, at, at the uh, at uh, Los Alamos. Right, right. But it's sort of like to take it to a modern thing, where it's like it's not even necessarily that kind of thing. It's just like we just plunge headlong into shit. It's like let's fucking make this 
thing where everybody can connect with everybody fucking on this like social media shit and not even no one like ever thinks of the unintended consequences of stuff that's kind of the point no, I'm trying you, to make. I like, the unintended, anybody, you know yeah. who could have foreseen that it would be so incredibly screwed up at this point who could have foreseen that I don't know now taking social care of scientists or something that, I don't know but you I don't know, think anybody could have seen it. Maybe, maybe somebody did, and nobody listened to them. But it's just what. I'm yeah, willing like to bet said, someone did. But that's always what happens. So. We go headlong into it because you know I I still think the benefits outweigh the the the. the uh, I I have a lot of we're we're talking to each other now because of social media and and the internet, um, and that that's the good part of it. You know, the bad part of it is that basically a lot of people are dicks. <laughs> Yeah, well, the greater part is like that it's it's like I probably turned more on social media this year than I ever had in the past just because it's like it's caused this fragmenting of reality. It's had a huge hand in this fragmenting of reality um, where people yeah. can just tailor their fucking worldview to whatever they want and block out everybody that and every opinion that they don't agree with. So next thing you know, you have people who live in completely different fucking realities. Like your neighbor could fucking yeah. be in a completely different reality than you, just the social media, really. Um, so to me, it's like, I, I've i kind of checked out of social media in the last few, since like October, probably. Like I barely, I use it to communicate with people, uh, but I really don't spend all that much time being a part of it. Because to me, it's like, it's just fucking toxic. Like the whole... The whole, well, for the most part, you know, there are some highlights, but to me, like, the overarching infrastructure of it is, like, toxic. Uh, they made a movie about it, like, uh, came out in the summertime where, you know, yeah, it's all a lot of, there's a lot of fucking engineering behind all this where, you know, yeah. the algorithms and shit, and they set it up. They want you, they realize you'll be more engaged if you're, like, pissed off. So they, so yeah. they you know, t- tailor it so you see shit that's going to piss you off. And it's like, what the fuck good yeah. is that? Like... That's fucking so sinister, man. That's just like fucking really sinister. Yeah, well, I've a couple times I've gone on, especially right when Black Lives Matter started. I said anybody telling you to do anything based on your that gets you angry or excited and tells you to go out and hurt anybody or destroy things because of it, you should not listen to those people. I don't care if you agree with them or what. Because invariably on social media, invariably somebody's put it there to get you to do something besides just watch, to get you to start whatever, um, you know, supporting their cause by, by donating your time, money, well-being, and, and health. Or um, somebody that from the outside of the country that's try, just trying to, you know, eat out the country from, from the inside, which has been proven over and over and over and over again. You know, it's, it's people. There aren't going to be any more wars. You're just going to have people. And I, I, I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but there's not going to be any more wars because all you have to do is just break up the country from the inside. Yeah. Well, that's what seems to be going on here. But uh, you know, and again, it's like I'll give I'll give some more hope to the UFO people. It's like maybe fucking you know maybe the the pandemic couldn't bring us together. Maybe fucking aliens will. You know. Maybe aliens will. And if they don't, maybe fucking Jesus will come back. You know, so we need something <laughs> to get everybody, everybody to check off fucking social media and be like, oh, okay, we can all agree that the aliens suck and we need to repel them or whatever. <laughs> whatever. But even then it would probably be like, no, man, they're our saviors. 
Yeah, that's oh, Ronald man. Reagan eighties and everybody was all bent out of shape. Right, and right. And like that. Um, were we going to talk about other stuff during the show? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I told you I had a, I had a, a half hour cap, so we're we're we've moved into social media and things like that. So we're we're giving okay. people a taste of the state of the world here in 2020. But I, I suppose I'm probably dragging my feet a little bit because uh, we'll leave it. At, we'll, we'll there's not much really to say necessarily without pissing off a whole bunch of people. Folks know how I feel about the uh, election. Um, I'm a fan of how it turned out. Uh, presumably, it the it ends the way that that we all think it did. Um, we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks. Um, yeah. You know. So I mean, there's not much. If, if anything, the fucked up part is like it seemed like going into the year that the whole story of the year was going to be this election, and it turned out the election really wasn't. I mean, it was like one of the dominant stories of the year, of course. But Besides even the, that was like. <laughs> It was like the election in light of the pandemic. Um, so, so this was this is a, a you know a strange year. I imagine it must have been what it was like if they had like a presidential election. I'm sure they did had, had a presidential like during World War II or something like that, where it was like, yeah, we got to have this election, um, but we're at war right now too. So let's uh, let's worry about that uh, predominantly. Uh, that was kind of the the election. Um, you know, I I think it's good. I think we need a fresh start, but we'll we'll see we'll we'll see how well we we get off to that fresh start in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I, your I do not know what's going to happen. I am relieved that I won't have to read about politics every day and uh, every single damn day, and just like oh god, now what? I mean, I, I'm, yeah, everybody's exactly. sick of that. Well, yeah. not everybody. I, I think that's why Biden won. People want fucking, like you know, we want boring, go back to normal, like, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure people, like, like again, it's like people are so hot, hot-headed about this, it's almost hard to even get into, but it's like, look it, I'm sure, I know, there are a lot of people who are crazy and hate Biden and shit, and, but there's no fucking way like I, I it, the 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 amount of Trump hate is like infinitely larger. It's like worlds larger. Um, so I, I think most of the people, even who didn't vote for Biden, just kind of begrudgingly accept it. Um, you know, there's that small cult of cult of Trump who are, who are willing to die for this fucking guy, and to me that's like insane. Um, it's like look, look at he lost. Let him go do his shit. Whatever. Like. <laughs> Like you, the people who are like, I'm gonna fucking die for this guy, and we need to have a war and shit. It's like, just stop, just stop already, man. Like we had a fucking election; it wasn't fixed. Like this, they they looked into it six ways till Sunday. Um, that's just it, man. He fucking lost. People are tired of this shit. So yeah, uh, to, the, uh, to the point where I just read that that uh, that. Uh, letter from the joint, what was it, the Secretaries of Defense, the last five of them, was started by, the letter was suggested and spearheaded by, of all people, um, um, uh, Cheney. Yeah. Cheney yeah. is saying he's crazy. That's, that's really nuts. Right. So to me, and again, I'm sure there'll be people who are like, oh, but all you fucking bleeding heart. But like, to me, look, I don't think anyone with a fucking with a with a fair perspective on the world right now can disagree with the fact that 
this dude, this Trump, was fucking, he certainly seemed to, he was just antagonistic. He's just an antagonistic fucking dude. And he got off on being a dick and causing uh, chaos and shit and, and pitting people against each other and just, just you know, just, just, just being antagonistic. And it's like, I guess some people like that. Some people think that's awesome. He tells it like it is. He doesn't take any shit and all that other stuff. I get that. I get that's why. I get it. I get that, I guess, if you're into that. But to me, it's like it would be best if we didn't have a guy who every fucking day wanted to just piss people, didn't mind pissing people off, fucking actually kind of liked pissing people off, and and managed to piss a whole shitload of people off. Um, like, I just... <laughs> I just don't think that's just good for the fucking the the ether, man. We just uh, I prefer just yeah. a cool, calm, collected dude who doesn't want to offend. How about somebody who doesn't want to? I don't want I don't mean to offend. Like, like I like that guy. I like Biden because that's his fucking default setting. I don't mean to offend, but like yes, yes, give me that. Give me that as the guy who's running the fucking world, not the guy who's like, oh, you don't like it? Fuck you. Like <laughs> the choice between the yeah. two. I'll take the guy who doesn't mean to offend. All right. I I overrant on that one. No, I'm just I was just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop sometimes to catch my breath, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say about the election. So, we'll hopefully uh do you have any prediction on how it plays how it plays out this month? Well, know who I voted for, you know, it's it's no big secret, so. Huh? How, oh, my Do you have any prediction on that, how it plays out this month? Um, peaceful transitions, uh, uh, um, a last-ditch attempt to get into the news somehow before before the last president goes out, and hopefully sporadic, non non uh, death toll type protests. Um, yeah, that that's I'm like not best case sure of. I'm like. I'm like 50-50 on if, if uh, something really horrible is going to happen. I've got, I was just talking to friends that are scared because there's like a bunch of proud boys who were just kicked out of a hotel in D.C. because they're, they're, sta- they're, they're standing by and standing down until, they're, until he says, you know, stir up, stir up the shit. And I, I've, that kind of worries me. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, con- yeah. I'd be more concerned, I guess, if I lived like – well, you never know, but to me, it's like uh, they, they seem to enjoy going to these rallies and yelling and screaming. But like, what are they really going to fucking do? Um, you know. Well, I mean, those people in Michigan talked about kidnapping the fucking governor. So that, like, <laughs> this is this is how serious um, the pa- how passionate it is, you know. And uh, that's how divided this country is. That like, well, there's well, certainly an air. Of, there's, a, there's an air of violence in the air. That's the unsettling part. I think we can agree on that. It's like, um, you know, this summer when all the protests, when, when Trump gassed all the protesters so he could stand in front of the fucking church with the Bible, like that was some fucking terrifying apocalyptic shit, man. You know, and they had like stormtroopers guarding fucking the Lincoln statue, the Lincoln monument. It was like, what kind of, this, you know, that's 2020, man. That's what this year was, like. Like an unbelievable apocalyptic uh, dystopian fucking year. My hope is that anybody that is 
leading in that direction are so moronic that they can't even they can't do anything without getting caught. I think most of these people you don't even hear about it and they get caught because they're so stupid. Yeah. Like, well, we're going to use code, code names. Ho 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 ho. It's like it's, the FBI is watching every move and they've infiltrated. You get it. So I'm just hoping that the uh, whatever the Dunning Kruger will effect will take effect and get, keep most of these things from getting too far. Uh, somebody doing it like a lone crazy person doing it, they can't really do anything about that, really. Although there was a story about his girlfriend saying that he was making bombs, like the guy was making the Kentucky guy was making bombs last year sometime or maybe even before. But um, I mean, the fact yeah, that well, those yeah. people were, were caught, I think that's just one instance where it actually gets into the news because I. I uh, I think that the uh, law enforcement, especially the FBI, are primed for this kind of stuff. It's like they've, they've said over and over, the biggest threat right now is domestic terror—not foreign terrorism. I don't think we've had any. Oh yeah, for sure, domestic terrorism. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So that's their big priority right now. So a lot of resources are going into that, and maybe I'm completely, um, you know, crazy. Maybe I'm just uh, naive or something, but. To me, logically, it makes sense. Look, let's take care of the thing on our own soil. Let's take care, and they're they're probably ten steps ahead of the, these dipshits that are um, planning stuff. Um, yeah, because they, I would they hope don't. So. Yeah, they, they can't keep a secret. They use their cell phones. They're like, oh, we're going to use burner cell phones. They're like, you guys are already being tracked. So stop yeah. it. The smart ones probably aren't going online or anything like that. Hopefully, there's not too many real smart ones. I guess I guess you're, there's, there's, I think there's a lot few, fewer evil geniuses than people would think. Absolutely, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so we'll leave all that. Even stupid evil, rather than genius evil. Yeah, uh, we're almost halfway through the live show, so let's get into the paranormal shit now. This is the year. I think that that's that the, the way this has unfolded tonight is indicative of the year. Was like. All the paranormal, it was, again, after 9-11, the paranormal went away for a while. It was still there, but no one really cared as much about it. And if, and 2020 was fucking 9-11 as a year, and that's pretty much how it was here. Um, you know, the paranormal really wasn't important. We were living in through an abnormal time, literally. So it was it's like, who, who, who can fucking care about all that much about Bigfoot? When I can't even leave my fucking house because I might die of a deadly virus, right? It was, it was like, mm-hmm. it was like that. That shit's fun and everything, but um, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta fucking desanitize all my groceries now. So get back to me about Bigfoot after that. Um, that said, true to its form, I guess you could say, uh, the UFO phenomenon, UFOs, they did. It did manage to sort of rise above all the other fields. Um, perhaps you think <laughs> float above, float yeah. above the fields uh, by way of some kind of hypergalactic technology or something. But uh, yeah, it did stay. The, the momentum of the last few years managed to ca- boost UFOs, carry it through the storm of the pandemic, where it was still probably the only thing in the field that in all the different fields that really became a thing still. It managed to break through the noise of the pandemic over the course of several stories. Um, And there are whole podcasts out there where people do the recap of the UFO 
year in review. Um, the the I guess I, I'll go through sort of off the top of my head just the year in general really quickly. So the fucking yeah, the main you're, big you're the news the, person, so you're the person to do. Yeah. It. Tim does the, Tim does this UFO news. It's his job. Yes. So, but but I'm less into UFOs as much as I was in the past. I'm sure we'll get into this. Uh, but yeah. but the the year essentially the big things that people should know is that um, in like May the fucking Pentagon uh, officially released the Tic Tac video and the other videos, um, even though they've been around for like two years, uh, and that caused the whole thing to stir up again. Uh, then. Trump talked about UFOs a couple of times, didn't say much. And then the Pentagon announced they were launching a UFO task force. Um, Details and outcome of that to be determined. Um, Then they slipped something into a budget bill that just got passed, where apparently there has to be a report on UFOs within the next 180 days. Um, I'm I'm still, even though it's in law and in writing, I'm still skeptical about what that's going to be all about. because I feel like it was probably yeah. – I looked at the writing, and I feel like it's going to be couched in enough vague terms where they're not going to be able to really – they're going to be able to skirt around anything. <laughs> they're not going to say, oh, shit, you got us. There's aliens. I guess that's my point. Um, they're not be like, oh, well, now that you passed a law I, that we have to tell you, I guess then it's aliens. It's not going to fucking happen. Um, and uh, so those are like the two big governmental things. There's supposed to be some report uh, sometime this year. There's a task force. That's a whole separate thing, um, a Pentagon task force. Think of it as a new Project Blue Book, if you will, um, without all the high profileness. It's a, just a clandestine little group that we don't know anything really about. Um, and uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say it's my favorite UFO story, but the one UFO story <laughs> that stood out to me was, uh, was fucking Jan Harzen, director of MUFON, uh, getting busted for, I don't even, I, I don't want to misstate what he got in trouble for. So he got in trouble because, you know, it's, a, it's all kinds of shit. For so, soliciting sex uh, from a minor in a sting operation. There you go. Soliciting sex from a minor in a sting operation. So, yeah, Jan Harzen, um, probably like, well, yeah, easily like one of the most scandalous things I've seen happen in, UFO world in the paranormal in general uh, for a, for a long long time it was like a shocker. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. The last one that was uh, was done that way was that was uh, caught in a sting in, with child pornography was um, Stan Romanek. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but the difference was like nobody nobody took Stan Romanek seriously in this in the community. You know what I mean? He was kind of like exactly. fucking clown shoes. He was clown shoes Stan Romanek, so it was like, oh well, fuck that guy. He's a nut. Yeah. yeah. What, what's that? I said pencil throwing Stan Romanek. Yes, Jan Harzan was a little bit different. Um, I keep thinking, like everybody listening, and probably you do too, Tim. Every time one of these things happen, you think that's it for Mufon, and it soldiers right through. Yeah. All of these, you know, it's kind of like you, you look at the you look at this administration. It's like, how could you survive all these scandals? Holy crap! Any one of those would have taken down any any previous administration, and it's reflected in MUFON. It's like, wow, you guys put up with you you'll put up with a your your um your international director being arrested for something like this. 
I mean, I don't think he's been tried and convicted yet. He may have been. I'm not sure. But people. Are yeah, what's, be, what's become of him is a. Yeah, I went upstairs for a minute. Uh, what's become of him is a mystery. <laughs> I assume he's waiting on trial. And, well, the point that you raised an interesting point, which I thought was really funny, was that not only did MUFON seemingly survive this scandal, but, like, they handled it in exactly the fucking MUFON way, which is, which is obnoxiously heavy-handed, like, like, like in no way um, with any humility, but the complete opposite. Like, obnoxiously, you know, where it was like, you know, well, something happened, we don't want to talk about it. Fuck all you haters who are, who are celebrating this. Um, or who are taking, you know, who are delighted by this, um, you know, we're move on, we're going to carry I on. Shocked and, and I felt bad. I felt bad right, for exactly. the entire organization, which I have, well, I have respect for the individual members. I don't have much respect for the top, for the top brass. But anyway, I, you know, that, that's the one thing I, I see about all this is I, I've known people that have left and gone back and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're right. they say they kind of sheepishly say, Well, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to go to share this interest and I'm you know, my only answer is, Well then form your own group. You don't have to be part of some big group. I actually and I've said this before, I I went and spoke at a MUFON meeting and I told people to leave MUFON and form their own groups while a while a um a representative from the national office was sitting in the audience. And they did not look happy about it, and that made me happy. So yeah, it was it was a very very Mufonian way they handled it. And I did, yeah, I felt bad for the people who were involved. I think the organization has a lot of problems, and a lot of my misgivings about the organization were borne out in the way that they responded to the scandal. As I as, again, as I said, which was very defensive. Um, almost, almost, def- almost offensive by in in defensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was, that's a good way to you know, it. yeah. Where it was like, I, and, and, and again, if they had just shown an ounce of humility, where it was like, hey, like, cause look, dude, like you can say whatever you want about move on and shit, but like, we're all if you're in this field and shit, we're all like tangentially connected to this. It's fucking embarrassing. Is the point I'm like trying yeah. to make? Yeah. Like no one takes any delight in a high-profile figure in this field being caught up in a fucking salacious sex scandal. Like it's embarrassing. So uh, I felt bad yeah. for the group. I felt bad for UFO researchers and shit and UFO field. It was not a good day for the world of UFOs. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, and it just you know it, it just makes the field look bad. I mean, it looks bad enough already. Nobody. Nobody has respect for the field of ufology. They just don't. I mean, I guess I guess TV producers do and people that are in it. But people outside of it, I think, still look at the ufology a bit askance. Just kind of like, I guess that's interesting, but, you know, why do you believe this crazy stuff next to your sincere interest in getting to the bottom of this? Because there's so much. And the, the, the thing is, another thing I've been, you know, harping on with people is people keep saying we're going to clean up the field we, if we, as long as we get the charlatans out of it it's not going to happen that's just the way right. it is it is it's whack-a-mole the minute you it's say a circus, okay, we're taking care of this or, 
yeah, there, there's 15 others pop up. And it, it's like, I don't think the field would be what it was without the crazies and the hoaxers and the conspiracy people and all that. It's just the way it is. And if yeah. you can navigate your way through that to something that makes sense to you and, and pushes the field a little bit further, great. I, I do it by ignoring the crazy stuff that I, I just don't have time for it. In fact, I, I do ignore so much of it, I'm almost uninformed about things to the, you know, in a certain way. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, I'll hear about some crazy story and I'll go, yeah, fine, that's great. I mean, that, 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 has no, that holds no interest for me. And then a friend later, you know, a day later goes, did you hear about so-and-so? It's like, yeah, I heard about it. Don't you think it's important? No, I don't care. <laughs> and I kind of feel bad about it. But if you, you know, I, I, I just can't hook myself into this, you know, the stupidity part of it. I'm really interested in the, you know, uh, my, my, you know, my statement, it exists. What do we do about it? It's here. It exists. Yeah. Now, what can we do to get some good brains on this? I don't care about Corey Good. I don't care about Stephen Greer for the most part. I don't care about, you know, lots of people. Well, those I do are all... care about when academics get interested because that to me is a, is a way that it will push it to in an area that it hasn't been before where people that know how to do research and know how to be careful and know how to be measured in their statements will become interested. And then people will stop listening to crazy people. Well, the crazy people will listen to them, but who cares? Um, I'm far more interested in what intelligent people have to say about it, which is why I miss so much, Tim. Yeah, well, I miss a lot of it, too, because uh, the other big story, which broke, like, right towards the end of the year, um, and I really don't even want to get into it. I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into it explaining why I don't want to get into it uh, too much. I, I, was I the we're going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, was the breakup of, of TTSA or whatever the fuck's going on. Internal intrigue at TTSA where Lou Elizondo, um, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> Who's the other two that uh, left Chris TTSA? And Hal yeah. Oh, it was Hal Putoff. I, I, I couldn't remember. I, I can never remember the third person. It's like Pete Best. Um, but, yeah, those three <laughs> left. They left TTSA. um and, of course, this was like all the talk uh, as 2020 came to a close. And I guess the, what I'm trying to say about why I don't want to get into it, because to me it's like the machinations of TTSA and, and Chris Mellon and Hal Putoff and, and Lou Elizondo and, you know, are they leaving? Are they staying? Why are they leaving? Why are they – this is such ridiculous soap opera intrigue that is so far fucking removed from the actual UFO phenomenon that it's not even funny. And, um, you know, I kind of ranted and raved about this on the show over the summer where it's like there's the UFO research community and then there's fucking the TTSA research community. And it's like the people who are like way more fucking invested in just whatever whatever this thing is that's going on that it just keeps increasingly (laughs) – that's just sort of tangentially about UFOs and more often than not is about – you know, what did this guy fucking have for lunch back in April of 1993? Here's the paperwork that says he gave the commissary, so that must mean that he was a fucking three-star lieutenant, which would then therefore give him clearance to, it's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't care. I don't care about this, dude. <laughs> so that's kind of my, that's that's why I've lost interest a lot of, of ufology, because it's just this intrigue soap opera sort of stuff around around the personalities of people in TTSA and and these these alphabet soup groups 
um, and very little like shit you can actually chew on and, and get into. So uh, well, that that's been of sort of the, the state of UFO world. Yeah, it interests me. I'm interested in what I think they're trying to do, what they're not saying. I'm interested in all those things. I'm not interested, yeah, in the day-to-day machinations. I'm not interested in promoting any, you know, promoting or cutting cutting down anything they do. When they first started, the, I think two days before they, before TGSA had their big, you know, not, not, uh, non-attended uh, press conference, uh, press, con- press conference. Yeah. Two days before that, um, I got on an email chain with a couple other people and Belay actually came on and said, I am not associated with them. I know some of the people, I do not work for them. However, I am interested in what they're doing and I will, I will, I will remain watching with interest, but I'm neither for nor against them. And that's how I feel about TTSA. That's still how I feel about them. Because yeah, you know, if, if well, the overarching if story is interesting. The it's the, of it, yeah, the minutia. Yeah, the minutia. If you get into the minutia <laughs> of it, and you start to lose focus, and also if you get too excited or emotionally involved in it, you start to like lose the thread too. Um, and I I I posted a, something on Facebook the other day, the, the Japanese symbol for no mind, which means you, it's a, it's a Zen quality where you don't. You don't judge things. You just look at them dispassionately and without too much emotion and try not to get excited or whatever so that you can you can look at them and see them for from different angles and not get too invested in whatever that angle is to say, well, it could be this. It could also be this. Would this make me mad? Yeah, it would probably upset me, but I don't know it for sure yet. So why get upset? So that's kind of how I look at the TTSA thing. And it's also basically how I look at the UFO subject. And any of these, any of the paranormal, I can't get too invested in one point of view because that point of view is only one little facet of the thing. And when people, you know, and this has been said before by many people, as soon as you get interested or say this is what UFOs or Bigfoot or whatever are, there's a hundred reasons why you're wrong. There may be a hundred reasons why you're right, but there's also a hundred reasons why you're wrong. So any theory that somebody might come up with does not encompass everything. There's some that I think encompass more than others, but no, none of them encompass everything. And it really, okay, you know, belief and not belief, well, I don't think enters in. Interest and not interest is, I think, is my the way I look at it, not belief or non-belief. Okay, well, what you're saying is, kind of caused me to think of something. But this is, it kind of encompasses a lot of my <clears throat> misgivings in a way. Right, and maybe I just need to adapt with the times. But to me, this UFO thing, up until a few years ago, was like the question was like, "What are UFOs?" Right. Um, yeah. Now, the predominant thing that seems to dominate the minds of fucking quote unquote UFO researchers, or I, I call them just TTSA researchers. That's not a slam on. That's just a, a, a shorthand on my part. So I don't want people to be like, uh. "No, it's just." Modern day, <laughs> you can call it, you can call it hashtag UFO Twitter, right? Because that's kind of most of where I see all this stuff going on. But the question, the point of view, the perspective has sort of changed from what are UFOs to what is happening here with this UFO situation. If that makes any sense, it's like the question. Yeah, the people sense. aren't really concerned with with the phenomenon as much as what is what is happening here with this unfolding story. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't even call it disclosure because uh, we don't know what it what, what's happening. But it's like that's the that's the only that's the that's the main topic of discussion. And to me, and that all centers around a lot of cloak and dagger shit and a lot of uh, a lot of people who are really invested in disclosure. And to me, it's like I've been I've seen this for years, so I can't get excited about about the possibility of disclosure. You know, no matter how many times it might look, no matter how tantalizing some story might be in the grand scheme of things, it's like, uh, you know, it's still this disclosure thing that I don't really, that I have, I have little faith right. in them pulling off the way, yeah, I think it's going to happen. So, with that, well, the way you, the way you, go ahead. Yeah, that was just kind of me <laughs> trying to add the thought, but yeah, to it, yeah, I just the the main gist of what I'm trying to say is like. There's been this transformation from, like, people trying to figure out what UFOs are to now just people trying to figure out what the fucking government is doing about UFOs well, and just what these person, what these personalities, uh, you know, these mysterious personalities, that's the TTSA segment, and, you know, sort of the Skinwalker Ranchian, Bob Bigelow. It's like there's this whole booyah base of personalities um, that, that see, seems to be more intriguing to people than the actual cases anymore. Well, maybe I could put it to you that that was the idea of, of uh, doing this all along. Perhaps for people to concentrate on the on the on the drama rather than the rather than the uh, uh, phenomenon itself. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that is what it is. I'm saying that's very likely a part of it because I've been looking at this government UFO stuff for a long time since at least the late '80s, I think. And every time, every single time in hindsight, it is a way to draw people's attention to something that somebody wants their attention drawn towards. And that's, my, that's the filter I look at it through, Tim. It's just like, what, why is my attention or why are people's attentions being drawn to this thing? What is the reason for it? What is being hidden? Why are people paying attention to it? Why is that suddenly important right now? Who's not paying attention? Who's suddenly gone silent? You know, all kinds of other things that go on around it. That interests me. And I can't make head nor tail of it. But I don't think that, and you know, this is, once again, not an original thought, but I don't think whatever TTSA was doing, I think we heard probably 5% of it. The other 95% will never be, will probably never know. And it's what's going to happen is they're going to fade away. And, and I, I said this when they started almost when they started, I said, I think they're eventually going to fade away when either they've done what they need to do or they've accomplished what they, you know, accomplished what they need to accomplish or didn't accomplish what they need to accomplish. And then they move on. And yeah. um, that's, that's been happening since the beginning of government, the government being involved with the UFO subject. It's like, what can we do with this subject to further other ends? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also people sure. involved in the subject who have a sincere interest in it, like Putoff or like Chris Mellon or, you know, for that matter, Lou Elizondo. They all have a sincere interest in the, in the phenomenon. They want to find out what it is. And I don't think they have yet. But on the way, they can use it for other things. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I don't see that as, you know, it doesn't upset me or make me think, oh, governments, rah, rah, rah. I, I really don't care. It's interesting to me as if I was a reporter covering a story. Like I could, co- I could say Charles Manson was a terrible person, but I'm still interested to cover the story. 
And I'm not exactly. going to I'm not going to I'm not going to cover the news in a way that reflects a prejudice against Charles Manson. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying here. Right. Um, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the other part that irritates me too where it's like there I I I suppose it's always been this way. There are people who are emotionally invested in finding out what UFOs are, but there are like people who are a bit too emotionally invested in this in 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 a lot of this now. Where it's like, take a deep fucking breath, relax, you know, this is completely out of your fucking control, so just see what happens, you know. Yeah, and but, also but, if you're interested, and this is what I told people at, at the MUFON meeting and in other places where I've spoken, if you're that interested in it and you don't, you're not in a group that is addressing your interest, form a group that addresses your interest. Get, gather people around you. Do, do, that's what the internet is for. We're talking about the horrible internet. One good thing about it is you can form your own group and do your own thing and do your own research and keep up on it. And you might contribute something. Um, I think Valet said this too. I, I, I heard him on a show or something where he said the answer can come from anywhere. And he's right. It doesn't have to come from TTSA or from, you know, from uh, Hal Putoff or Gary Nolan or whatever. They might have part of it, but somebody just sitting in there, you know, sit, sitting sitting at home doing internet research could have an incredible uh, uh, um, revelation. Or somebody that goes out and talks to witnesses in a different way that people have talked to them before, they could have they could have a piece of the puzzle. That's where I think the answers are from. I think the crowdsourcing idea of UFOs is research is probably the best way of doing it. Not some big top-down organization with with you know people determining. What what the policy is? That that's completely yeah. wrong. Um, I had um, James. Uh, oh, what was his name? He was he was head of Mufon for just a little while. Now I can't remember his name. James Carrion. Anyway, Carrion. I had him on my show when he was um, head of Mufon. I said, so what are you doing to change Mufon? And he said there was actually a group that was doing DMT research in the Pacific Northwest. And I said, huh? What? Under Mufon? He goes, yeah, yeah. We, we just want to see if there's there's something to the the DMT thing and and the, the and the um, abduction. Well, I can see why he wasn't head of Mufon for very long. Exactly. Because well, I don't know if it's the drug thing, but I think it was you know the the fact that he too open minded. I mean, go. yeah, that's it. Exactly. I mean, I was really excited to talk to him when I had him on my show. It's like, wow, you guys are doing this, and you're doing, you know, parapsychology research, and you're doing. It's like, okay, that's what that's what MUFON should be doing, not not you know, feeding a database that nobody can see and and making TV shows and and um, having an old boy network that's headed by um, a huge racist and somebody that runs a cult. You know, <laughs> yeah, a huge cult, yeah, yeah, Jay Z Knight, I mean. God bless her. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, I don't want people to think I'm bitching and moaning about uh, about <laughs> UFO world. I'm just kind of observing are, the tra- the transformation that it's made over the last few years, and how, to me, it's like I like just lights in the sky, man. You know, <laughs> let's just let's just fucking you know let's concern ourselves with that. Um, but of course, I you know you can't help but follow it. I'll follow all the I'll follow all the big ebbs and flows of this interpersonal drama of people leaving and coming and going of these organizations and shit. But to me, 
It's like, eh, it's just kind of like The Bachelor or some shit. It's not really, uh, it doesn't thrill me. Um, and it thrills other people. So if you're if you're part of if you're part of UFO Twitter and you find the uh, the various personnel changes at TTSA throwing, um, God bless you. But well, I don't know what they're going to col- do now, but TTSA is oh, what it used to be. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I presume the people who are leaving will split off and maybe form their own organizations, or uh, you know, there's this report that's going to come out from the government, allegedly, like I said, uh, later in the year, and there's this task force and. You know, there's all kinds of shit brewing, um, but what it all means and, and uh, what comes of it, that that's the shit, you know, that I do find interesting. Uh, less so sort of like that, that well, we're going to have a new TV series or some shit. It's like, ah, I don't really care about that. Because a lot of the yeah, thing, I, too, but... before I, I leave UFOs, it's like part of the – part of sort of the raison d'etre – of a lot of people in the field now is like, or sort of like they say this a lot, where it's like, we just, oh, this is about educating the public. This is about, this is about getting people who don't care about UFOs to get excited about it or whatever. And it's like, that's, if if that's your cause, man, you know, I used to be part of that cause. Okay. I fucking, I used to be, uh, I used to carry the flag for that, man. So I I can support people feeling like that, but I've moved on. From, from, from believing or, or or wanting to take sort of this active like activist approach of like we need to wake people up to the UFO reality. It's like I'm I'm I've good never felt with that. Like that Tim. I've never felt like that, Tim. I never thought that I could convince people that weren't going to be convinced. And to I I don't I I will draw it out one more one more second. The last year people have been interviewing me. They say, what do you think should be should be important with UFO research right now. I said, the question should be what causes UFO reports, not where do aliens come from, not what, you know, what the size of the ships are, not, you know, anything like that. What causes the reports? Because that opens up a whole lot of questions. How do people, you know, why do people make reports? Why don't they make reports? Why, how do the reports differ? How, why, you know, what causes the reports? And it's not just UFOs. It's all kinds of other things going on in the human condition, I think. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that I, I guess if people – I sort of envisioned almost this partially as for an audience of people listening in the future where it's like this is kind of where things are right now, you know. Uh, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll see where it goes going forward. But, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. But Pay aside to from things that make you happy and interested, not things that make you confused and mad, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And and have some fucking perspective. That's all, you know. Yeah, I feel exactly. like we gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? I don't. I don't dislike folks. You know, I don't dislike, like, people who talk about this shit all the time on Twitter, but um, it's like, because I'm on Twitter all the time, it's like, but look it. I mean, you and I talked about this the other night on a different subject, but it all falls under the same umbrella. But it's like, if you're, if you're fucking arguing about something involving the paranormal, like, on Christmas fucking Eve on social media, 
Or, or like, if you spend your entire, if you're an American, and you spend your entire July 4th weekend fucking arguing with people about, you know, whether the Tic Tac video is a fucking bird or, a, or an alien spaceship or something, it's like, stop. Like, even if you like this shit, just take a moment and fucking catch your fucking breath and get some perspective on this shit, man. Like, like this shouldn't be your entire life. This shouldn't be... This shouldn't take precedence over your kid's fucking birthday party that you got to fucking spend all day on Twitter, um, you know, fighting the haters. So yeah. That's, yeah. My, that's my that's my advice to people in UFO world and all these other fields, really. It's like, ha- have some perspective on all this. It's just fucking UFOs, dude. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of other things going on. I'm very interested in my hobby and writing about it and interacting with people and making wonderful friends in it, but I'm not emotional about it. I'm an emotional about how people react to it and how they may be wasting their time, in my opinion. But, you know, I can't do a lot about that, so I try to worry about my own stuff, you know, mostly. Right, right. Yeah, well, I just see it and shake my head sort of in a combination of, like, sadness and disgust, where it's just like... <laughs> Like, I'll be on my phone watching, you know, I'll be on my phone, I'll be watching It's a Wonderful Life, I'll turn on my phone, and it'll be like, Lou Elizondo, he's got a captain's degree, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Santa will be here in ten minutes. Fucking put your Twitter down, dude. So, yeah. But UFOs, I mean, God bless until, them. Until you or somebody pointed out to me, I don't pay attention to it. Uh... Yeah, but UFOs, that was they had a good year for the most, you know, a good year relative to uh what could be considered good in 2020. Um uh as folks yeah. know, I, I do a lot of look back on shit uh at the end of the year, so I can say really not much with Bigfoot. Um people the pandemic obviously kept people stuck inside and really destroyed fucking international travel. So uh yeah. a lot of the stuff you would normally see um, any sort of like National Geographic type expeditions, and a lot of that stuff got really kind of smothered out. And um, you know, so no real Bigfoot stuff uh, this past year that I can think of that really warrants mentioning on on the year in review. Um, the other, not really, big, tons of videos that turned out to be nothing. Uh, I guess yeah. that uh, what, what, uh, some some board of supervisors, because some woman said that Bigfoot should be a protected species, so they had a big, big kind of useless debate about that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's just some minor little town in California, though. But like nothing really, no national like Bigfoot incidents, um, oh, or right. even anything that even rose to the surface of like subnational. Like a couple of years ago, like the Indian government claim they found Yeti prints in the snow. Like, there wasn't anything even like that to, right. to that could get past right. the pandemic. Right here for Bigfoot. Except for Josh Tuck um, Tim Renner's book, uh, Pretty Quiet. <laughs> yeah, Quiet Year for Bigfoot. Um, so, the other thing, I don't think Brian Sykes dying, uh, Red Pill Junkie, uh, I mean, God bless him, and it's sad that he passed away, and he did do a lot of good work for uh, the Yeti genetic research field. But his, uh, you know, his passing, um, I don't think warrants exploration beyond that because we're we're uh, we're getting crushed by the clock because of this damn pandemic. It's just ruined everything. So uh, the other 
noteworthy big sort of paranormal story that did capture the public's imagination um, over the course of sort of like months and stuff was, I think, because everybody was stuck inside, there was sort of this renewed, uh, this combination of a, a renewed ghost, like paranormal activity, um, which to me, I wonder if it's just like, okay, you're in your house more than you were before. Maybe there really is paranormal activity, but it's like maybe because now you're working from home, you actually notice the phantom footsteps that you hadn't heard before. Or who knows? Maybe it's some psychosomatic fucking effect of being stuck in the house all the time that all of a sudden you're hearing phantom footsteps and there's not actually a fucking ghost in your house. It's your mind playing tricks on you. And I know, I'm sure people, yeah. you know, that's, that's the bane of every paranormalist's existence, that kind of expression. But I think it's probably very possible. Um, that and nightmares. People fucking, it's not necessarily paranormal, but that was the other big quasi-paranormal thing of the year that, like, people were having all kinds, because of all the stress of the pandemic, people were having all kinds of exotic dreams and shit. Do you have any exotic dreams? I've been remembering dreams more, but I think it's because I haven't been sleeping very well um, the last few months. Um, the I actually, um, there's a group on, on Facebook, speaking of social media, that I started yes. with a friend called Par- Paranormal Experiences and the Pandemic, and we're taking reports from people that are having either more or less, whatever, any kind of world report, and there's a lot of activity on there. And I think it's partially because, one, you know, people like all the reasons you just mentioned. But when you were saying that, just now, I hadn't really thought of this before. Um, uh, Jeremy, um, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Ritzman. No, no, Jeff Ritzman. I I talked to him. I I, I talked to him quite a lot in the last few years. And the one thing that came out of our conversations, the one thing, one of the few things that came out of our conversation, many things that I remember, is his idea that paranormal experiences happen during liminal times when there's transition or stress, like when you're yeah. moving or having a divorce or somebody dies or what? Yeah, that's from George Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it, exactly. And it, it, it comes exactly. It comes straight from Hanson. He, he modified it a little bit, but if there's a liminal time in history, uh, damned if this isn't one of the most liminal times ever. Oh but yeah, for sure. You would think you would think that there would be more things going on like this. Guess what? Right before, right before the uh, pandemic in, in 100 years ago in Europe, the Fatima miracle happened. So yeah. <laughs> what's going on there? So, you know, it'd be interesting to find out during periods of history if, the, if, if, this, if this concept holds, like before wars yeah, well, Carl, and during the Carl right, Wallet wrote a big uh, – Eric? Carl Wallet wrote a – Eric Wallat, sorry. Yeah, there's a wrestler named Carl uh, Wallat. Uh, Eric Wallat wrote a great uh, book about that kind of idea, sort of in the in the in the vein of like poltergeist, but with UFOs, where it's like like you take your teenage, you take your just you know your uh, tumultuous teenager and how they manifest a poltergeist in the house. He sort of like expanded that idea to like a, a, a segment of society if it's tumultuous for them. They manifest, uh, you know, a social poltergeist in the form of UFOs. That's kind of his yeah. theory, which is interesting. But we haven't seen – they say there's an uptick in UFO sightings, but we haven't really seen the kind of fucking uh, – you know, the example he uses is like the 1950s D.C. flyover 
um, as an example of sort of like what could, you know, in his theory, be manifested. But we haven't seen yeah. any sort of earth-shattering, uh, you know, mass sighting or there hasn't been a breakthrough sighting this year. There wasn't anything that that was sort of dominated yeah. um, the, the way, you know, your textbook cases. I think like the last one we could talk yeah. about is like Stephenville, if you don't count the Tic Tac thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's it's the book Illuminations: The UFO Experience as a Parapsychological Event. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I I just recently I'm so behind. I just recently got that book from from Patrick Weege at Anomalous. Yeah, it's a great book. It's excellent. Yeah. So I got to um, read that one. I've got I got many books I have to read. Just like everybody yeah. listening here. They just stop sending them to me because I don't read them anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have like whole shelves of books that people send me that I'm like that never get read. So eventually, I think they realized. Uh, God bless them. Um, save the trees, right? Um, so that was it. That was kind of like yeah, more paranormal activity. I'm not really a ghost guy, so I can't speak to that. Um, but yeah, people people reported more ghost things. But the greater aspect of a lot of this too is, in a lot of ways, again, it's like a year like no other where. People couldn't do shit. They couldn't go and ghost hunt, and they couldn't go and look for Bigfoot. And they couldn't even, like, inadvertently, because even with UFOs, too, it's like more often than not a fucking good UFO sighting happens, like, inadvertently, or Bigfoot sighting, or even a ghost event. They kind of happen inadvertently when someone's just going about their business. Um, Mm -hmm. and, 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 And people couldn't go about their business this year. So a lot of those inadvertent events just didn't happen. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows what the fuck that means? Yeah, yeah. If the, if the paranormal is this sort of conscious energy, you know, it may come fucking roaring back this year. You just never know. It really uh, – it could be like, oh, you're not paying attention to me? Well, here's a fucking dead Bigfoot or what. You know, or whatever. Yeah. Some like an earth shattering thing. The roaring twenties of the paranormal. Yeah, yeah. Something like crazy mind blowing. Um that would be you brought that you up know, at the be beginning great, about the roaring twenties being a, a result of people partially a result of people being relieved that there wasn't a pandemic everywhere. So maybe that lift the lifting of that uh you know, of that restriction. I mean, people will be going nuts. There's going to be all kinds of pent-up energy. Probably people will be having sex left and right and whatever, like at the end of a war. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? um, okay, so there were there were a few. We're close to the end of the show. We got like a half hour left. It's crazy. We could like, this could be like a fucking eight-hour show because it's here, but um, <laughs> I'll I'll touch on a few sort of like keystone things uh, here that happened in the year that uh, are worth noting in 2020. The biggest one for me personally was the Fen treasure was found uh, for people who were unaware of that story. Um, Yeah, so Forrest Fen, he was an eccentric art dealer back in 2010. He hid like $3 million of riches in the Rocky Mountains, um, and he laid out where the treasure was in a, in a poem, in his memoirs, and it became like a global, well, a sensation. I guess global because it was the Internet, um, where like hundreds of thousands of people became part of this search. Uh, five people fucking died. Countless other people uh, had to be rescued from uh, straying into dangerous areas of the Rocky Mountains. 
Um, and it was, as a weird news producer, it was like, like the goose that laid the golden eggs. It was like, I probably got six stories a year out of this fucking crazy treasure hunt. And so the treasure hunt finally came to an end this year, uh, where a guy found it, um, in, uh, a guy found it somewhere in Wyoming. And it, 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 I guess if I had a sort of a greater point to make with all that, it's just like, even though it was only a 10 year old mystery, uh, you get so few victories in this crazy field that it's it's. I, yeah. I would liken it almost to like the DB Cooper thing, like it could have stretched out for even more than a decade. So um, we have we got some resolution to some mystery this year, which is which is kind of a win because most years you really don't. Yeah. Um. The other one, the one to watch it wasn't next year, although even a paranormal mystery, it was just a regular mystery that was finally solved. Kind of like the the what was the uh, the ship, the co-tax tax seat, whatever ship that was found in the yeah, Bermuda yeah. Triangle. Yeah, they found a ship in the Bermuda Triangle that was uh, that had been lost like over a century ago. They finally found it uh, sunk off the coast of like Virginia or something like that. So that was a, a lesser. Uh, one, but certainly as old, uh, old, much, much older, like 10 times older. Um, the one to watch in 2021, I would say, although much like UFO Disclosure, we get burned on this like every year. Uh, they found a sunken Nazi <laughs> vessel off the coast of uh, France, I think. I don't, have the, I don't have the details in front of me. Um, but they found a sunken Nazi ship and, and or off the coast of Poland or something like that, uh, off the coast of Europe. Uh, where where um, <laughs> it was like a shipping container, and it and it had it hadn't been found yet, and it has like crates inside that were like hermetically sealed. So there's some hope that that could be, you know, stolen Nazi treasure or uh, the the Amber Room. So, but we get burned on the Amber Room every year. So that's the yeah. People that's might the, know, not know what the Amber Room is. Yeah. Which you want I to tell people what the Amber Room is? I'll get it wrong. I guess it was something that was uh, it was uh, Russian. It was built. It was a room that was built entirely of um, amber, which is really hard to find. But all the walls were made, I guess, of amber. The legend was, and it was built by like you know Tsar Nicholas the Third or something like that, or. And uh, supposedly stolen by the Nazis, as nobody's been, you know, it was talked about at the time, but nobody's seen it since then, or at least since World War II. Is that pretty much the, the uh, gist of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an ornate and wood, so, it's like an ornate amber and gold paneling. The best description, I guess, uh, that I just came up with listening to your description of it would be, it, it would be kind of akin, not exactly, but it's not an apple's to oranges comparison, but it's like an apples, you know, it's a Granny Smith to a Red Delicious comparison. But it's like if somebody came in and removed the Sistine Chapel piece by piece, that's kind of like what they did to this Amber Room and the Nazis. Yeah. And, and it was in a Russian palace, and then it vanished, and no one knows where it went. Yeah. There's hope that they can find it. There's a distinct possibility that it got destroyed at the end of the war and all the chaos and the bombings and shit. So, uh, it's one of those stories that you could wake up tomorrow and they could say they found it, and you would be, like, pleasantly surprised. You wouldn't be like, holy shit, yes. Elvis is alive? It's, not, it's, like, not that kind of crazy. It's, it's, it, it could plausibly be solved at any moment. Right. 
Um, I, I hope happens. That'd be a fun one. I mean, they keep finding World War II planes in Greenland and the ice and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So if they, yeah, there's no reason why it couldn't be. In it, the only my only concern is like, would it even last underwater? But if they're hermetically sealed crates and shit, then maybe. Maybe if they pull them up to the surface and open them, it'll be in there. And again, it would be like, I'd be like, oh, wow, holy shit, that's awesome. Not like, Yeah, I mean, you know. it's almost like the equivalent yeah. of finding King Cut's tomb, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. Okay, so that was that's the one to watch ex- for next cut. I was going to say, you're also Not an that. expert, and you gave me, and your list, list was uh, Detlock Fast, which is, that's like, to me, that's like the UFO thing of weird things. I don't know if it's ever going to be solved, but it's like t- totally fascinating case. It's been around forever. Yeah, yeah, it's a great case. And what I think it was the 70th anniversary last year. Uh, I hope folks don't listen for like the little details like this because I, I get dates and fucking locations wrong uh, if I don't have it in front of me. But um, me too. The gist of it is, is that last February 2019. For the 70th anniversary, the Russian government announced they were going to launch a new investigation into the Adloff Pass. Um, that was like the big news, and I'm sure we talked about it on the year in review last year. Uh, well, this summer they finally released the the findings, and it was uh, it was like a government investigation into Roswell. It was like a frame up job. Uh, they announced ahead of time that they weren't going to look at any of the fantastic theories for what could have caused uh, the event, which what happened was uh, in, I want to say, 1959, uh, uh, nine hikers died in the Ural Mountains under mysterious circumstances, uh, seemingly slashed their way out of their tent in the middle of the night and ran off into the fucking wilderness and then died, and no one knows why they did it. Uh, And so the, the Russian government did it. The, the extent of the investigation is fascinating, and I think, like, enough information was unearthed over the last year or so that they released – there's enough there for, like, a lot of uh, – uh, someone could write a great book about what they did. I mean, they really did an extensive investigation, so I don't want to entirely be like, oh, it's a frame-up job. You know, there's a part of me, the wishful thinker, that's like, yes, it would be awesome uh, – well, it would be awesome if something fantastic – was the reason for this. But the government, end of story, the government this summer, Russian government, said that they, it was an avalanche and they freaked out and the visibility was so bad, uh, they got out of their tents to escape the avalanche and ran for about a mile and the visibility was then so bad and the conditions were so frigid that they pretty much just were screwed. Like, once they, you know... If you, uh, you know, I don't know, folks, <laughs> if you're listening to this at home, strip down your, if you're in, in a cold weather place, strip down your fucking underwear, run out in the middle of a blizzard um, for a mile and see, see how you fare. Uh, that's kind of what they think happened to these people. Um, you know, personally, I haven't closed the book on the whole exotic weapon theory that they were caught up in a weapons test. That seems to be the one that most people... Um, of, of conspiratorial mindset uh, favor, more skeptical people say yeah. the avalanche theory, and the avalanche theory seems perfectly plausible. So, it, like you said, it's one thing; yeah. it's one of those stories we probably will never. People do crazy stuff when they're freezing no. to death. They will run out into the snow and take their clothes off. I mean, that that happens, but that doesn't explain everything that happened. It's just like a lot of UFO things. There, that explains. It's like, yeah, if you ignore like half the story, yeah, it does explain. It. <laughs> 
And that's what yeah. I see with the Stitloff stuff is that there's like, this is the answer. It's like, that doesn't explain the head trauma. It doesn't explain the, you know, a lot. I mean, the, 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 the injuries. I mean, did somebody go nuts and just start, you know, um, uh, injuring people? I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, I talked about this. Just and again, I'm talking about. Generally get, generally get uh, violent when they're freezing to death. Go ahead. Right. Well, yeah. But the, the, I talked about this with the with the guest I had, uh, Jenny Ashford, about true crime, where it's like a lot of times people obsess over these cases and they'll get hooked up on some little detail and they'll think that it's like a key facet of the case. But then it turns out that like, okay, maybe the guy with the head injury just like was running and he slipped and cracked his skull. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it turns out there's no, right. you know what I mean? It's like sometimes what we think is some important detail turns out to be some happenstance turn of events that actually isn't. Yeah, but, and that's yeah, what makes these cases so hard to from, fucking solve. Yeah. yeah, but three of them died from injuries out of the, what, nine that, that there were. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. See, but one, you know what I'm saying. It's like, one, I, I, yeah, exactly. It, Chest it, trauma it, and skull injury, and then another fractured skull, and then the rest were hypothermia. Right, right. Well, those two might have been the ones who fucking were like, "Hey, we should run a mile away," and then and everyone else was like, "Once they <laughs> once they got to a mile away, we're like, get them. Let's kill these fuckers first because we're all gonna fucking die out here. So let's kill the guys that told us to run a mile first, you assholes. So who knows? But yeah, it's one of those things we'll never really quite. What's that? I said you should go work for the Russian government. <laughs> <laughs> Who says I'm not? Um, so that, those those were the big things. I think Red Pill mentioned something in the chat, which I guess there's a recency bias that um, sort of precludes me from thinking about this too much in a year-in-review show. But I think as we get further away from it, we will look back on it as probably one of the one of the big – paranormal sort of esque things of the year, which is the monolith thing. Um that was probably that was like the storm area fifty one of twenty twenty. Yeah. It was sort of this like yep. vaguely paranormal fucking craze that took off that, you know, started out kinda cool and mysterious and fun and then just quickly became annoying and, and cheesy. Um but, you know, I don't I don't see any greater meaning in it, do you? No, not really. I mean, it was, and the funny thing was that first monolith had been there for like three years or two years before anybody saw it. And then that seemed to like set off, you know, I think, I think what happened is it's because I, I think a little while after people were like offering to sell pieces of the metal from, you know, so I I think people capitalized on it very quickly and became a craze for a little while. Um, there was another one that appeared in Utah just like about a week ago, and it disappeared within one day. There was a picture from the air of it, and that's it. Yeah, there's still a few popping up here and there now, but yeah, definitely like fizzled out right before uh, right before uh, Christmas. But it was interesting. I mean, if anything, yeah, it was. I don't know. You can kind of learn the same lessons like from the Area 51 thing. It's like. Something captures the imagination of the public and then <laughs> quickly becomes co-opted by opportunists um, and, 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 and well-meaning people, too. Uh, 
but yeah. it's 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 your it's your classic fad. It's it's a craze. So it's uh, I don't necessarily like I said I don't really see any greater meaning to it. I don't think like oh it's 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 our yearning to connect with the Star Brothers or some shit. I think <laughs> I think it's just I think it's that making a monolith is shockingly fucking easy, and you can go down to Home Depot and for like probably fifty bucks. You can buy three pieces of plywood and some silver spray paint, um, and, and you've got yourself a monolith. And now you can be cheeky and put it up in your town square and then get everybody on your Facebook group talking about it. That, to me, was kind of the extent the fun- of the monolith. Yeah, the funny thing was that it reminded me of this, and nobody has ever said anything about it or made a big deal about it. There's a piece of obscure, weird art out in the middle of nowhere in, in near Baker, which is on the way to Vegas. It's called the Desert, or yeah, it's called the Desert Megaphone. There's a huge piece of metal, like hundreds of pounds, bolted to these rocks out in the middle of absolutely nowhere on, I think, on BLM land. And nobody's ever said anything about it. They've never gone, like, it did not it was it was discovered way before the internet. It was put up there way before the internet. Yeah. Um, and it's just this big rusted piece of something that looks like part of a jet engine or something welded together and bolted to these rocks. And nobody's ever tried to remove it, probably because it's really difficult. And well, it's, it's um, and it, yeah, it's uh, let's see, it's it's on top of a hundred foot hill about 14 miles south of the Interstate 15. Um, and you can go out and see it now, but nobody's ever, nobody's ever made a big deal out of that or tried to tear it down or make another one. And the person that did it never said anything. They just put it out there and left it. And um, just by chance, I talked to the person that claimed to have done it completely by chance. And I asked him why he did it because he says, because my friends and I felt like doing it. <laughs> That's all. I said, no yeah. reason. He goes, why else, would you, why else would you make a piece of artwork? He said, we just wanted to do it. Well, you're going to jinx it because uh, uh, I just got a little exchange here with a Red Pill Junkie in the chat. It made me think about it because uh, if there was <laughs> – And I don't know his one... name and I don't know where he lives, so I, there's no way for me to get in touch with him. But he did prove to me that he uh, was involved with putting it up there. All right. What did Red Pill um, say? Well, if, if there's one – well, it's from, this is a thought that sprung from this exchange with Red Pill. Uh, if there's one thing I think we can take away, because he said the the, mon- the original monolith was built to last, and then I said, well, they removed it in five minutes. So there, it's sort of a it's sort of an interesting thing when you think about it. It's like, yeah, the monolith there clearly was built to last because it had been there for like three years or so. I guess if there's any sort of takeaway from the whole phenomenon. I guess it's that it's that people ruin everything because this monolith that was there for like five years within a week of being found was taken down and destroyed. Um, and then, and then, and then commodified and reproduced um, and all meaning behind the original one was lost. So yeah. that might be, <laughs> that might be the, the lesson of the monolith. Um, well, people are different now, too. I mean, if that, that desert megaphone had shown up this year, it probably would have gone through the same BS that the, that, that the Utah monolith went through. 
You know, yeah. for a while, people actually they there was a phone booth called the Mojave phone booth. There was a phone booth in the middle of nowhere. Nobody went there, but there was a damn phone booth there, and people would go out there and make calls from it just for the fun of it. If that was announced now, somebody would be out there within 10 minutes and cut it down, even though it was phone company property. They would steal it. They would take it away. Yeah, they would steal it. Eventually, it did get taken away, or the phone company took it away. I don't know which, but and it got covered with graffiti and all that, but I mean, it's the same kind of thing. We can't have any nice things, just as Redfield just said. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. Right, right. Well, well, he didn't say that. He just he just said it was built to last. I I said uh I said that it was torn oh, down, and then that that made me realize that that clearly it was built to last. But as soon as it became, as soon as anyone learned about it, then people ruined it. So, um, which I guess, which is why I don't promote my show very much, folks. Because uh, I, I don't want people coming along and ruining it. Um, but what else? We, we're getting near. We're getting real close to the end. Did you have a favorite story from 2020? We'll do the predictions and shit uh, after the live show ends, and we'll kind of meander a little bit after that. You got time after this, right? Yeah, um, right, I've got two favorites, and one was um, the the <clears throat> because it's connected to one of my favorite UFO cases was the finding of the second tape and the Pascagoula uh, second recording. Yeah, I love that and story. The Pascagoula incident. Yeah, because um, what happened was um, people that are listening know the Pascagoula story. Um, they also probably know that while Hickson and Parker were sitting in the police station waiting to be questioned, the police secretly recorded them to see if they were, you know, making anything up. And they sounded, if not as freaked out, more freaked out on the tape where they didn't know they were being recorded. And so the second tape. I believe is another recording of them first calling into the police station, completely freaked out about um, what had happened to them before they actually came into the police station to be questioned. And also on the tape, apparently are other recordings of people calling up from around the, around the vicinity saying they saw a UFO. So it actually supports a lot of the things they said. Now what happened to them? I have no idea, but it supports that they're not lying at least consciously about what happened to them. And that to me, that's fascinating. So that was one of them. And the other story, strangely enough, that I like was the pigeons with the sombreros. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like early monolith, dude. That was like that, that the year started and ended on two fucking bizarre, uh, weird fucking social trends. Where that, yeah, they, they, I, think, I think it happened three or four times. People were putting hats on pigeons in, the, in Nevada. So, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was first in Reno, Vegas, then in Reno, or first Reno, then yeah, Vegas. Yeah, it started in, in Vegas in late 2019, and then happened a couple more times, like at the beginning of 2020. Um, we should have known People that. People don't know about that. This is... Somebody was putting tiny, gluing tiny little hats on pigeons and probably making them sick or killing them by doing so, because you shouldn't be pasting little hats on pigeons. But the it was pictures are, I mean, you look at the... Yeah, and the, the pictures are really funny, though. It's like just this pigeon walking around, pigeon's walking around with tiny little hats on. Now, if they'd just done it for the pictures and let them go and put the hats back off, that'd be fine. But, yeah, they let them out and just let them wander about in, in, in public with their stupid little hats on. One of them, I guess, was rescued, and they got the hat off him, but then he died later, from presumably from complications of having a hat stuck on his head. Yeah, hat-related injuries. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, I love the pigeons with hats, and uh, I love the Pascagoula story. That's 
we talked about this last year. Last year, uh, I think they had found like seven new witnesses to Pascagoula. Pascagoula is having like a fucking best renaissance, yeah. and it's so under the radar, no one's talking about it. I mentioned it today to uh, Aaron Gullius on Twitter because he was talking about uh, the Saucer Life uh, account was talking about the end of the year, and I was like, well, this one, this is the, only, this is, this is the, the big story I think that you guys would be interested in because this is classic UFO case. Fucking, it's really seen a great renaissance in the last few years. Uh, ever since Calvin Parker came forward and started talking about it again, there's been all these new developments and shit. So, uh, but unless you're old, you know, unless you're uh, a UFO buff, an old school UFO buff, it doesn't really, uh, you know, get on any top ten list or anything like that. So, luckily I am, so I managed to keep it alive. But the oh, yeah, Pascagoula, yeah. I wish that they would release the tape. That's my only qualm. But, you know, given yeah, the way things yeah. have gone with the case, I wouldn't be half surprised if it shows up this year sometime. Because uh, it seems like it's every year brings a few new little nuggets with Pascagoula that were like, whoa, what this is fucking crazy. Um, yeah, well, I went a completely different route. My favorite story of the year, this was tough. I had a few that I really liked a lot because um, I really like these fucking insane stories. And I find them all the time because of my job. So um, the, the the one that really stood out to me, I guess, because of my own personal interest in this crazy world, was the Italian flat earther's journey to the edge of the world goes wildly awry. Because because uh, I love the fucking oh, crazy adventures of the flat, flat earthers. I'm about to. I'm about to. So these two flat earthers in Italy decided uh, that, they were going to go find the end, edge of the world, which they thought was an island, um, off like the toe of 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 the boot of Italy, um, yeah. north of north of the toe of the boot, right? So uh, they fucking break quarantine. They illegally drive, you know, halfway down south of the country. They fucking sell their car. They buy a boat. Um, they clearly had no ability to fucking sail a boat. So then they embark from the toe and go south. They go like fucking four hours in the opposite direction by sea of where they thought the edge of the world was. They get caught by the authorities. They get brought back to mainland, and they're like locked up in a hotel. They're brought to a hotel, and they're like, stay here. Just stay here for like two weeks so you're quarantined now. Um, you know, stop it. Stop it. Uh, so they break out of the hotel they get another fucking boat. They try again. They're caught again, and they're fucking arrested. And then somehow they escape a third time. And and I think they got, like, mixed up with someone who looked like they were about to be kidnapped or something. And then, then the Italian authorities saved them from that situation and literally, like, drove them in a van or whatever back to their house away from the boat away from the shore, and they were like, we're bringing you home now, and and that's it. We're bringing you home and stop trying to find the edge of the world. So that was <laughs> that was probably just such a saga of, of stupidity um, that, and, and captured both the, the, the world of the flat earth, which I love, and, and, the, and, the, and the state of the world with this pandemic this year. So, yeah, that was my – that was probably my favorite weird story of the year. A couple other ones worth mentioning. Hoping to obtain superpowers, Bolivian boys let Black uh, Black Widow spider bite them. 
That was a uh, oh yeah one of that my favorites. Yeah, you can kind of pretty yeah. self-explanatory. They made the mistake of not yeah made made the mistake of not giving them plutonium first or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, man, you could also read this as crazy person uh, claiming to be from Saturn files lawsuit against federal government. So that was a that was a really good one. Uh, that was a cherry round. Yeah. Uh, there was a plague doctor spotted in England, which that was kind of like, we thought this was going to be the clowns of uh, 2020. Uh, plague doctors running around instead of clowns, but that didn't turn out to be the case. So um, there was just like two plague doctors. One-off? There weren't like a whole slew of oh, okay. them. Yeah. A two-off. Two, a a two-off. <laughs> uh, but I think, I mean, looking back on it, that's really the year. Uh it was really, I mean, in a sense, it's like we kind of we gave more attention to the paranormal than it than it really earned in 2020, if you will. Like we <laughs> we, we instead of like instead of like 40 of minutes. What's that? With the exception of UFOs and possible effects of the pandemic on people's paranormal experiences at home. Right, right, right. Well, I, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say too is like. We very well, we very much could have just looked at the whole year. Everything, everything has to be looked at framed through the fucking lens of this pandemic. That's really, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I envy, I envy the people who are listening to this like five or ten years from now. God willing, it, it, the show can be found and you know uh, the world exists, and they actually go back and listen to these year-end shows because um, you know they'll be able to look back and go, wow. That, you know, that was really, that must have been a crazy time or whatever. Oh, I remember that. I remember back in 2020 where everything, like this is one year. Like, look at, let's put it this way, dude. We've been doing this for, what, 14 years, right? And if I was like, yeah. okay, Greg, t- tell me what happened, you know, tell me what happened in fucking 2011. Like, I couldn't tell you, right? No, of course not. But if but. somebody says 2020... Fucking, you know, a hundred years from now, people will know what happened in 2020. That's yeah. how significant a year this was. Mm-hmm. In whatever uh, format that they look it up for it uh, on, then by thinking of it and having the internet come up in their brains, and yeah, because the, the world is moving towards that. The world is more moving towards integration with computers, human integration with computers and the internet, no matter what we do. That will happen. It's just it's just going to happen, and I don't I don't yeah. I don't know if that's going to be good or bad. Probably both. Yeah, well, it's almost impossible to say uh, what what the uh, well quickly before we got ninety seconds. Just tell the live listeners. We'll talk after this. We're gonna we're gonna keep going with the show. But tell the live listeners any, anything going on. Anything you want to plug as we. Uh, as we say goodbye to the live listeners. And thanks to all the people in the chat room. We had a lively chat tonight. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah, I didn't see any of it, unfortunately. Um, the only thing I can say is uh, after not posting any shows since May, um, the, the shows will start up again. I just had a weird year just like everybody did. Mine was a little weirder and a little bit more dramatic in a lot of ways. And so I think I'm sort of getting over that the year and hopefully not hopefully I've made a new year's resolution to start posting and doing shows again. So that's what I want to say. There you go. 
Um, yeah. So stay tuned to uh, Radio Mysterioso. Uh, let me get down the list of people in the uh, yeah RadioMysterioso.com, Radio Mysterioso, the Facebook page. Um, we can t- yeah. <laughs> if that comes up, we can talk about the Radio Mysterio Facebook page. Uh, Jason Baruti, Jim Lydica, Jim Vujovic, John Ostanez, Red Pill Junkie, UFO Watchdog, and uh, we have fun uh, for joining us in the chat room again. Lively chat tonight. Uh, I don't think I've ever done a show on a Monday night. Maybe maybe I should move the show to Monday nights so people will fucking clog the chat room like this. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for that. And I'll have an update on what's going on with all of America uh, at the end of this show. So there you go. All right. Uh, we've lost the live listeners. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the year. I mean, I can't – I mean, we could fucking wax poetic and retrospect and introspect about fucking the pandemic and 2020 and everything. Uh, we did that. But, uh, yeah, I feel like that's going to be – that's again. I can't. I keep making this 9/11 comparison, but I think that really is the most apt. Where it's like there are going to be whole fucking books written about this year. There are going to be uh, fucking documentaries made about 2020. Um, there'll be conspiracy theories that never fucking die. So it's like, it's 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 like we could, you know. I will probably be doing shows in the future about this year. So. Uh, in the moment, this is probably the best we can do to try and recap uh, what a year it was. And personally, like part of me, because I'm a curmudgeon, like by I'd say probably like the latter half of the year, I was just kind of so tired of people being like, like anything, anytime, anything weird would happen, they'd be like, oh, well, it's 2020, <laughs> and it was just like it really became a fucking cliche how 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 surreal this year was. It really was like. Unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, it has. I mean, it, it, there's there's nothing to compare it to. I thought, hey, we will live through, you know, nine eleven. It's like, no, that's 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 pussy stuff. <laughs> um, on a on a on a national scale, I mean, not not to belittle the people that died. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. At all, but yeah. just the just the just the far-reaching effects of the entire world being affected in a personal way um, to the point. I think the figure, I, I read different figures in Los Angeles, apparently the center of the coronavirus universe now. One in one in 147 people I read recently, then I read one in eight, and then today I read one in five people in L.A. Has, is, is positive. It's like, what? Really? I shouldn't even leave the house. Yeah, I saw one in eight the other night. Yeah, one in eight. And I have to go see my parents, who are both very old. And if they get sick, that's it. I mean, they they get the flu, they'll die. Not you know, not to mention the coronavirus. So I'm trying to sort of isolate. I mean, I do go to the store, but I go to the farmers market because it's outside at least. Yeah. So that's yeah. You know, no, everybody's it's... everybody's been affected. Everybody's been turned into hypochondriacs. Everybody's been turned into germaphobes. You know, the whole bit. Yeah, I think it's it's something that, like, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there. And look, at, I was, like, lucky, man. I work from home. Uh, like, and I haven't talked about this on social media. I talked about this with you the other night. But it's like, I, I work from home up until now. I had sort of a slight financial 
setback, if you will, uh, because of the coronavirus, which, I mean, in comparison to the people who got laid off or furloughed and shit, like, it was nothing in comparison to what people are experiencing in that regard. And and, he, and I was kind of like, well, I'm making it through all this. And then, like, fucking boom, uh, like, last weekend, my fucking uncle died from coronavirus. So, uh, from COVID. And it's like, so it, it everybody... No matter how much you think you may not be affected by this, it's some, it's going to fucking somehow get its tendrils into your life somehow. Everybody, I think. So it's it's a really it's a. It, what's interesting is the when I was in San Diego back after Paramania, the L.A. Paramania, I went to uh, one of the museums that's in that big park there, um, and uh, it had a. a yeah, Balboa Park. There's like all, there's like six different museums there. Um, yeah, there's time. And one of them had. Yeah, it's awesome. I could I I literally spent like two whole days there, just going to the different museums in San Diego Zoo and everything. It's like it's it's tremendous. Um, yeah. And one of the things had an exhibit on cannibals, and it talked about like the history of cannibalism. And there was this whole thing about like how there was a, I don't know exactly what happened, but there was a. Uh, a, a group of people, a village or a region, or um, for some reason these people in Russia were like cut off from food, um, either through either through political means or through uh, natural means, and and they turned to fucking cannibalism, and it was like commonplace. It wasn't like oh this is like a crazy thing that's happening. It was like, I mean it was crazy, but it was like it be it was it was it became commonplace because the circumstance was so crazy, and I think that's. In a way, what we experienced, what we're experiencing now, it's really like peaking now. Um, with this, this there's a hardening because I was looking at this and it's like you watch that and you're like, how could these people? How could fucking eating other people become commonplace? But then it's like you turn on the news every day and there's three thousand people die every fucking day, and it's like people are they become hardened to this. They've just become mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, you can get used to anything. I always say. Yeah. If you can get used to bombs yeah. dropping around. You can get used to anything. It's really. Yeah. It's a fucking crazy time to live through, man. It's a crazy time to live through, and I hope. Uh, well, I, I hope don't by want to live in interesting times anymore. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If this is what you mean by interesting times, I'm I'm fucking all set. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, I've had and, my you know normally. What's that? I've had my fill of interesting interesting times for this lifetime. I think most people have at this point. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying about Biden. It's like, yeah, I'm 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 ready for boring. I could use some boring, man. Um, you know, and uh, at the end of every year in review, I try to do like a prediction thing. I was joking about this with you a few days ago. Where it's like uh, I predicted like a reckoning in 2019, and um, and I I think I was just anxious about 2020, and I I, I think I and I predicted sort of like a a sort of uh you know a quasi not the actual literal meaning of this, but like sort of a quasi like dawning of the age of Aquarius in 2020, where it was like a new, de- you know, a freshness, a new millennia, a new uh, decade, a new, a new year, uh, 
you know, we reset the clock in a way. It's 2020. It's futuristic. It's exciting. It's fucking all that shit. And so, so for the last two years, point being is that my predictions have been fucking wrong um, <laughs> about the mood of the year. I'm one year behind. It seems like I'm one yeah. year behind. So, yeah. So my prediction for the reckoning in 2019 happened in 2020. Um, you know, and I, I would like to think that this freshness, this fucking, this new hope would happen uh, this year. But I think I would, if I was going to predict anything, I would say that 2021 is sort of like this growing pains and the reconstruction uh, coming out of the fucking wreckage of 2020. Um, that's that's kind of what I see. I mean, look at you. We're going to like the first the first quarter to half of this year is just going to look a lot like 2020. I think yeah. that's I think I think we can pretty much all agree on that. Um mm-hmm. like who knows? I mean, we maybe I guess you can kind of measure it by like when they're going to be like, okay, you don't need to wear masks all the time anymore. Like, who knows when the fuck that might be? The end of the summer? Like I don't I don't even know. And I don't even mind the masks that much. I've gotten used to it. Uh it, I'm not one of those yeah, people that has to work every day. Like, when I have to wear one for an extended period of time, I can empathize with the people who have to wear it for, like, a 10-hour shift. And then I'm like, oh, this would be fucking unbearable. But as somebody who only needs to wear it for, like, 10 minutes when I run out to the store, it's like, yeah. this is kind of neat. I get to <laughs> – I, I feel like a ninja. <laughs> you can, yeah, I know. You know I go out I'm and ride my, uh, my one-wheel yeah. board, and I wear the mask. Even though I'm going by people at, you know, 10 or 20 miles an hour – in the middle of the street, but it, it actually makes me feel all cool and stuff. And also, I've been out in the desert where it's cold. It's nice having that mask. <laughs> They're nice in the winter, yeah. They're nice in the winter, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I never got that where it's like, again, I mean, I understand it's very uncomfortable. People have to wear it all the time. But, like, for people who don't, who really don't need to wear it all the time, they're actually kind of neat. You can put shit on it. It can be a fashion statement. Given the, that's the, that's one of the things I've advocated for or, like, been mystified by this year, where it's like, given the insane vanity of of Western culture, I want to say the American people, but Europe is pretty vain, too. Um, it's like, you would think, you would think the ability to fucking be, I guess people want, they're, they're vain about their face, so they want people to see their face, but it's like, you can do anything you want with that fucking mask. You can put fuck Trump on it. You can put Trump rules. You can put um, you know, I've seen fucking people who put pictures of penises on their fucking, you know, masks. It's like, it's like you can, it's this whole way of, it's this whole new way of expressing your, expressing your point of view to the world that you couldn't have had. I, I have one with a fucking Bigfoot on it and shit. So it's like, I'm almost, it's a mixed bag. Some people have embraced that aspect of it. I thought it would be almost more. Like it would become the baseball cap of the of uh, of society uh, for now, yeah. but, which it kind of has. But there are people who still like don't want anything to do with it. So, but I feel bad because I think a lot I think a lot of them have tricked into not into not wanting to wear masks. Where it's just like just wear the fucking mask, dude. You know, this could be over if we all just kind of got on the same page. Yeah, we'll be over a little bit faster, and people. I think even if it wasn't over faster, if everybody was on the same page, it'd be easier to take. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, that's for sure, because there's a lot of, you know, hurt feelings with people who don't wear masks and the people who do wear masks. Like, look, and I've been out I – I rarely ever run into people. They're very diligent here in Massachusetts about the masks, so yeah, I rarely you. ever run into anyone without a mask. But, like, if I ever saw someone without a mask, the last thing I would ever fucking do is saying to them. Because, like, that's their, that's, like, their whole reason why, why they're not wearing a mask. Like, they want you to fucking confront them. Like, they want, they want yeah. to, to have a soapbox about the fucking masks. So don't, don't, don't get in the face of people without a mask, folks, for health and fucking safety reasons. Um, yeah, well, they, yeah. They, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will print up uh, masks that say do not engage on them. I bet I could do that. My mantra, exactly. yeah. my, my not, mantra for this, my, for for the last like ten years or whatever, however long I've had those up, don't talk to people who are going to waste your time. It, you know, it's that what's that? Don't teach a pig to dance. It wastes your time and annoys the pig. So, that's basically what I think about people that are you, you could. And if you if you've been around long enough, you can tell when when a discussion is going to be completely useless within one or two sentences. You know, and then so yeah. when you see that, back away. Go somewhere else. Or write what I do sometimes. I, I, I write my response, my hate-filled, nasty response, and then I erase it. And I edit it and do everything I'm going to do, like I'm going to post it, then I erase it. And then if I'm still pissed, I go back and do it again until I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. I, but yeah. I'm not, not engaging with a crazy person that's not going to listen to me. Anyway. Yeah, I know. And and in person is even worse. So so I don't engage anyone who might be problematic in person. So but we'll see. It's it, traditionally we kind of I kind of end these with like, well, here's what's going to be hot next year, here's what's not going to be hot and all that. But to me it's like there's no as I as I said earlier in the night, it's like it's fucking impossible to tell you what's going to happen in 2 weeks from now. So uh you don't know what I couldn't have predicted the monolith thing. I couldn't have predicted the fucking pigeons with hats. Um, I guess if I was going to predict anything, it would be like something, yeah, something fucking weird will come along that captures the fucking imagination of the of the zeitgeist um, for a few weeks and maybe a month, six weeks. So that'll happen at least once, maybe twice next year. Um, but what it is, I couldn't even begin to tell you, and 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 when it happens, we won't even believe it. So, yeah. it, and this year was a lot of that. It's like fucking Tiger King. Like where the fuck, like what was that all about? You know? Yeah. How did that become so big? I watched it. I watched, I think maybe two episodes of it, and I told everybody, I said, "What'd you think of it?" I said, "I had to go take a Karen Silkwood shower after the second one because it was so. It was just like." I I am really over watching idiots fight with each other. I I can't stand yeah. that kind of stuff. Like look at what this well, idiot it came out right when the lockdown happened, so that was kind of yeah yeah. The I will say that there was one of the upsides of a lot of this too was that, uh, and this is actually this was a tangent, but it was something I actually wanted to mention during the live show was the. And and this is definitely something for the historic record, I guess you could say, was that the paranormal changed this year. If you think about it, the, anyone who's been in this for a long time realizes that, like, 
the bread and butter, the fucking life force in a lot of ways of the of the paranormal community, whether it's ghosts or Bigfoot or UFOs, are the fucking conferences. And yeah, um, you know, this was the equivalent of like the like the closest approximation I could make would be like the like the them not having fans at baseball games. It was like like even that that phenomenon trickled all the way down to paranormal conferences, where now everything switched to online conferences, which are, yeah. you know, they're okay, I guess. People, I was surprised. I mean, to the, the consumer folks seemed to like it a lot. Um, the people who attended, if you will, quote-unquote, as a, as a participant, I missed the camaraderie of the in-person event, but I can I also too. see you're, you're finished and you just go lie down on the bed. You don't go over to the bar and talk to people. It's, that that sucks. Right. Yeah. And you don't really you don't all hang out at night. You don't really um there's not a lot of the best parts of the paranormal conferences are like the little weird things. The things that happen like at eleven o'clock in the morning when you have to run to the store and get peanut butter or whatever. You know, or or we need batteries for this thing. So like me, you, and Gullius are going to run down, and it's like we have, and we have a weird misadventure at the fucking grocery store, you know that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, like yes. those are things you can't replicate with an online conference. Exactly. Um, what interested me though is with also that people were there was a certain there was an interesting like dynamic shift where the people who were participants or who were, who were observers, consumers, the audience. The audience, that's what the word I was looking for. They they had a greater sense of camaraderie, I think, um, which was interesting to me. Because they were all together the whole time in this chat, watching all the stuff. I'm mostly thinking of Strange Realities Conference, but also Smiles uh, Lewis's um, Anomaly Archive Streamathon. I noticed the same, same phenomenon there, where it's like, folks, get into the chat room in the morning, and they spend all day together, and they kind of form their own yeah. little community that's, yeah. that you don't see, that you wouldn't see um, at these live events where the people mostly keep to themselves. You know, like people will yeah. kind of become friends with, with one, one or two people, right? You'll sit next to someone, you'll become right. friends with them over the course of the weekend. You, you leave the weekend with one or two new friends, right? Isn't that kind of the thing? With this, yeah. it was like they all had this shared bond that they all hung out over the weekend, and it's like 30, 40, 50 fucking people or more, like the Hellier folks, they've been doing these online conferences, and it's turned into like this interesting online community that you wouldn't get from uh, a live in-person conference. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an unintended consequence of doing things this way. Um, yeah, and I it, I think that you know that's a good thing. It's it's also because people have to, you know, people are only your reputation or whatever is only based on what you say online rather than how you look or at what time you showed up or whatever. You know, and people can't people can't see your bad fashion sense or smell your bad breath or whatever the hell. So yeah. maybe that helps. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that yeah. I think that definitely, yeah, I think it inspired or, um, yeah, I think inspired might be the right word, but yeah, I think it got into, it sort of invigorated some certain people where it was like, if you're at a conference 
like you or me give a presentation, then we answer like any questions. There's like it's human nature. There's a healthy portion of the audience that they don't want to go up and fucking get the microphone and be looked at by everybody and ask their question. But from the comfort of their own home on their computer, they're more they're more interested in engaging in a good way. That's good engagement. So yeah. Um, and so that's you know that's a really interesting and positive byproduct of this whole situation. And you wonder where it's going to go. I think that we're going to see more of these, even when things start to get back to normal. I think it may, you know, it may end up being like a, a 60, 40 split or something like that. Um, where we're going to see, we're going to see these, these online conferences. They're not going to go away. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. I think they're going to still be a thing even when people start having quote unquote real conferences. Right. Because they're cheaper to produce and they're cheaper for people to come to. So, right. and then people now, that's the other weird thing about this whole thing. It's like the, it's dragged. I don't know about you, but it's, it, it dragged me. I think it dragged a lot of people um, kicking and screaming into the world of like video chatting and shit. Um, you know, you got grandmas on fucking Zoom and, and shit like that, where before it was like, that wasn't really necessary. But now now it is. So it's it, that's another transformative aspect of 2020 that I think is going to, you can't undo that. People, it's a learned, a learned skill or a learned, um, you know, way of doing things that people aren't going to unlearn. They're not going to be like, well, I don't want to do video chat, and it's just part of life now. People do video chats and shit or, or watch conferences online. So, Yeah, I think that, that that's part of the future. I think that if you have a choice that, well, you know what it'll be? It'll be what some of these, some of the things the uh, conferences did before total lockdown, which was half and half. Meaning right. you could stream it if you want, or you could show up if you wanted to. The the, the Parapsychological Association, um, I think uh, last year, I think when I think Valet gave a uh, a keynote address, that was streamed. The entire thing was streamed live online, and I think I think it might have been free, um, but it's it's a way for somebody to doing a conference to just you know make. To, 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 to shore up their bottom line a little bit more after playing out all I was just going to say, money. yeah, that might get them right. That might get them right to right. That might nudge them over break even. So, so yeah, right for sure. So and the, and the good thing is now actually make their money back and maybe make money for all this effort they put in. And now that's the good thing where it's like people, uh, whereas before if you put on a conference like that, I think that the if you were like, okay, I'm putting on this conference here in Boston, but we also have the stream, like, I don't think he would have – people just wouldn't get the stream as much. But now it's like a thing that people will do. So I think we'll see yeah. – I think we'll see a change in business models um, to uh, the people who are savvy about this kind of thing. But as far as saying what else might happen in 2021, the fucking – I think the UFO phenomenon is going to keep going on. We're going to keep seeing sort of uh, this percolating story. Um, you know, someday we'll look back on it and be able to hang a, 
a name on it. We call I call it the TTSA thing, but it's really not. Um, that's just like the you know it could be the AA tip story. It could be you know the t- could be the Tic Tac story. So whatever the fuck yeah. this thing is that we're talking about that's happening, uh, we'll see more machinations of that. Um, and then it all depends on what people do. If they can go out and, and do shit, uh, we might see an uptick in other stuff. It's it's impossible to say. You know, I, I see a lot of, I think with housebound people, I talked about this last year at the end of the show before the pandemic, obviously, but I'm seeing uh, an even greater increase in this um, this year because people are stuck at home. It's like, okay, well, you can't go ghost hunting. You can't go look for Bigfoot. I'm seeing a lot of people turning inward. I'm seeing a lot of um, occulty magic. You know, the magic stuff's getting bigger. Um, it was big. It was big at the end of last year. It was getting bigger at the end of last year. It's, there's a momentum behind the magic stuff. So I think you'll see more of that. Yeah, it goes. Um, it goes through phases. You yeah, know, the last renaissance of, of all of this was in the 60s and 70s, which is a time of to- ter- turmoil. So, Right. And it's it's like board games. It's like it's like driving theater. It's like uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like perfectly, it's made for this era we're living in. Um, you know, because you can go do your fucking own, you can do your magic shit in your living room, and you because you can't leave the house and go on a ghost hunt, right? So right, right. Um, I think that's I think that's kind of what the deal is, and uh, I mean that's it. I get, and the other thing is, um. You know, for the new year, fucking just, uh, I, I think I think I mentally blocked it out um, for 2021 is just fucking just the unpleasantness of this divisive, like, world we're living in, this country, the divisiveness of the country. Um, like, uh, we kind of danced around it in a sense. We actually really kind of delved a lot into it tonight, but... Um, you know, conspiracy. Conspiracy is going to be just dominate fucking a lot of the a lot of the year. Um the vaccine, uh any any developments with the fucking virus, you know, they're talking about this super contagious thing now and who knows? You just can't predict what's gonna happen with this thing. Um so and 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 by and by extension because of that you have all these crazy conspiracy theories. So I think conspiracy is gonna be huge and um and of course uh I mean this has nothing to do with the pandemic but there's a whole and to me I try to be open-minded about this and fair because when Trump got elected I I was a big subscriber in the Russian conspiracy theory I still am so to me it's like I find I find the people who are like the election was rigged like maybe and I'll I'll say something that none of them on either side will say maybe I was <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was over. Maybe I was over enthusiastic about this conspiracy theory because now I look at the people who were like, "Oh, the election was rigged," and I'm like, "You're fucking crazy. That's not what happened at all." But then, you know, I take a look inward, and I think to myself, "Oh, maybe I was crazy about what I thought happened." So, but I think you'll see that. The point being that the 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 rigged election conspiracy will be will be a part of our fucking daily diet of uh, of strange, unusual, esoteric, paranormal, parapolitical, you know. Again, 2020 was the 9-11 of years, so uh, the election, the pandemic, that's going to be the uh, 9-11 truth movement 
of uh, this decade, I would say. So strap yep. yourselves in, folks. <sighs> yeah. All right. I think we've covered everything we can for this year. I'm exhausted. I am too. I've got like a slight headache. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, you said you're going to come back at some point. I hope you do. Um, you're like me, though, now. You've kind of like um, – that <laughs> sounds terrible. I was going to say we've ascended. We've ascended into some kind of ethereal realm where we just broadcast whenever we want. We've been like that anyway for a while, but, like, that's yeah. just – you know, we're not your fucking weekly podcast, folks. So just listen when you can, and we'll do our show when we can, and Greg will do his show when he can, and – we're just always going to be here, so um, you know. Yeah, I don't, we don't, we I don't, don't need to, to quit. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to sing and dance and make sure you come back every week. Um, just fucking come back when we come back. That's about it. Uh, as far as but all of America goes, I promised you a winter of weirdness. It's going to happen. I'm starting to feel my oats. Um, <laughs> I think I had like a mental. Um, like break in a way, not like a, <laughs> that sounds worse than, than it was. I think I just kind of checked out for a while. Um, and now I'm kind of like with the holidays and the end of the year and everything else and December. And I think now that we have a new year and it's a fresh start and I, I do want to do a winter weirdness. So uh, at some point in the next 10 days, I'll probably sit down and start putting shit together and finally launch this winter of weirdness, probably an abbreviated one, uh, as compared to the summer of strangeness, it'll it'll probably happen, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I would say, so we'll we'll, we'll kick it up, and um, yeah, like Greg said, stay tuned to RadioMysterioso.com for uh, for his shows. So thank you. Yeah. All right, man. And thanks for doing the well, show again. I mean, and thanks for kicking my butt to do it because it's I need butt kicking. <laughs> well, you kind of kick my butt more than. I'll, really, right. I told you the other day, you kind of kicked my butt more than, you know, I think it was just sort of a mutual respect and kind of like, we can't let this tradition die. And we, yeah, if anything, this may be a saving grace for me because it was like, if I didn't have this show to do, I probably would rest on my ass for the rest of the winter and then go, oh, shit, I forgot to do the winter. Now that I'm kind of back in the saddle, I put a show out here for 2021. I'm kind of like shook the rust off and you know, feel like maybe maybe I can get up and, and run it again and, and broadcasting again in the next couple of days. Or not, uh, yeah, right, next couple of weeks. Um, right. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and string together some shows here at the start of the year. Because I do, I do, and I think you can agree with this. Fucking, I, I know you can agree with this. I do love, pro, I, I do love podcasting. It's just, <laughs> it's just, people people don't understand, you know, a lot goes into it. It's It's a commitment. It's a commitment of, like, time yeah. and energy and thought. And totally. and sometimes you just don't feel like fucking doing that. Uh-huh. And I I I, okay, I bust okay. I bust with a little bit. What's that? Get with the nitty gritty of it. The talking is always exactly great. yeah. The preparing and the and the and the getting the questions together and making sure that you've got it scheduled right. And then the worst part for me, editing out all the stuff that I think is irrelevant or mostly it's me. Actually, it is all me where I say, um, and, uh, and, duh, and repeat myself. That's why and I do a live show. Vaguely professional. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I, that, that's kind of what holds me back. And the thing is, I have to post it. And I want to post something that I'm not proud of. And I, to be proud of something, I want to sound sort of like I know what I'm talking about and not, you know, my attention doesn't wander or whatever. So this is what I try to fix when I'm doing all these, these uh, edits. I want it to be, and I'm sure people listening are like, no, you know what, just put it out there. Nobody's going to care. It's like, yeah, I know, but I care. Yeah, you care, yeah. Yeah, that's the, and I've yeah. And I think like audio for 20-something years, so it's a big deal with me. And it's like, just speaking from experience, it's like, no, it's not ever really a reflection on the guest, but like when you're, I mean, there are times when, you know, you'll book a show and shit, and then like you come around to the day you're supposed to do the show, like something goes wrong that day, or, or you're having a shitty day, and it's like, then you gotta, you still gotta do the show, you know? It's like, yeah. it's a... The show must go it, on. Yeah, it's a process that I think people who listen don't really get all the time. Um, they just want their free shit, right? That's because <laughs> Greg and I are two of the dying breed. Really nice. Yeah, what's that? Should people, listeners, have been generally really patient and nice with me. They're not, you know, a one person actually started making demands, and I kind of told them to go go screw himself because it's like, There's always you know one what? Person, if you don't yeah. like, yeah, if you don't like what I'm doing. Go somewhere else, because I really don't give a shit whether you listen to my show or not. And well, I don't care yet, what you think your, about how Start your own fucking either. show. Yeah, start your I own show. To too, of course they, of course he can do a better do. job, dude. It's free. No one's telling, you know. Yeah. No one's saying, I do this thing on a Radio Shack fucking phone. There's no one, you know, this doesn't cost anything. So if you think you can do a better yeah. job, do it. And I don't, like... Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm not fucking... If anything, I'm not throwing stones at people who fucking do a weekly show. If anything, I praise them because it's like they have. Oh, I never. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. What I'm saying is like, <laughs> like I envy them in a way. It, it's the way I look at like someone who's in their 20s and can run fucking like six miles every day. It's like, oh God yeah. bless you. I used to be able to run six miles every day. I actually did used to be able to <laughs> back when I was in high school, but. I'm like 40 now, and I look at the people who do weekly shows, and I'm like, God bless you. I don't know where you find the stamina for that, um, but, you know, good, good on you, and keep going, man. I love it. So, But I've reached a point in – yeah, and the guests, yeah. So it's, How can you, I could not have a guest every week. I used to do that. I couldn't do that anymore. So did I. Yep. I used to have a guest. I did it this summer, and it was like – this summer was like someone who's trying to get in shape for a 10K marathon. It was That was kind of my mindset. Where I'm like, <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. I'm in my 40s. I can run one 10K. I can do this. And I did. And uh, But afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, I was so exhausted. I've only podcast. I was so exhausted. I've only done two broadcasts since. So, And I'm still waiting to get the energy back to, to try another 10K of podcasting. So... Um, I'm hopefully going to be there soon, but <laughs> I think I pulled a, a, a proverbial hammy at some point during that run this summer. You pulled, you <laughs> it's hard work, man. Hosting. You pulled your hosting hammy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, brother. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for doing this. You've actually you've matched Stan Friedman now. We did 14 uh, holiday specials with Stan. Now we've done 14 year in reviews. So we'll uh we'll we'll you'll break the record next year for uh 
consecutive specials um, when we do the 2021 year in review. So we'll see how well, it goes. We'll see you then, and hopefully before All right. then. And I'm pr- proud to have done it. I, I feel a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I hope people go back and listen to it. Uh, you know, down the line. I mean, like if there was some way to. Yeah. Put it all together into a book, but, you know, or box set. That's how you'd do it, I guess, but who knows. Anyway, it was fun, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a blast. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'll talk to you probably fucking, you know, uh, sooner than later. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, have a good and uh, safe 2021 to all the listeners and all the folks in the chat room who joined us um, and all the folks tuning in tonight. That's it. 2020. It's over. Let's see what the, the new year brings. Yes, good luck to us all. Exactly. Good night, everybody.